Hey, folks, I'm really sorry about last week. I'm not sorry. I'm going to break trend. I thought last week Bone Tomahawk was fun. I heard my own reaction. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll say this about Bone Tomahawk. If you watch it with the sound on and you actually watch it and you can stomach the nastiness, I went back and, and re-familiarized myself with the movie. I didn't watch it, but I watched some interviews with the actors and a lengthy interview with the writer-director. I did forget what I've always said about it. It's an incredibly well-made, incredibly good movie. It's paced well. The dialogue, that's the thing that we really lost and we lose it on I forgot how good the dialogue is. Mm. And you, we lose all that when we watch this shit with the sound off and all you see is just a slow pace with, you know, taint chopping at the end. Yeah. Which leads but, us right into the Knights film. But it's a great, <laughs> I, I want to say it's a great movie if you can stomach the gore. We did Running Man tonight. You'll hear that moving forward. Not our first Arnold, is it? I don't want to. No, we've done Jingle All the Way, haven't we? Did we do Jingle All the Way? Jesus, 63, and I don't even know. 62. Yeah. You don't even remember right. Mm. <laughs> it's a Saturday. Hey, and tomato. Tequila was involved. I don't know. Yeah, and you don't even like tequila. This was good. Or at least you say you don't. I you like that. What's funny about this is this isn't even considered good tequila because it's a blend of things. Mm. Uh, as far as like, like I've got a buddy that works for Savannah Distributors. He said, as far as tequila that's still branded as Reposado, it doesn't get worse than this. Hmm. But I've actually never had a problem with it. Yeah. That said, we did watch Running Man. We talked. In fairness, too, we we a little bit about it. No, talk not, more about not very much. We, we have a range of topics. A lot of a lot of things you've already heard. I don't think I have to say masturbation anymore when we do these intros. <laughs> Somehow or another, we linked. You know, we've talked a lot about abortion in the past. Well, it, it, let's not lead out with that because I don't think we spent enough. We we just touched on uh, hot, not hot, but uh, topical stuff going on right now in the sure. news, and then moved that into. Some John Oliver stuff that I saw last night about the death penalty, which right. I find to be interesting. And then we rolled that into what would Mick Schmear do? And I think that's what we should always be doing, is saying... I guess my point is, this show has a history of talking about hot-button issues like death penalties and guns and abortions. We also have a history of talking about jerking off. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we've ever done an episode where we spent so much time on all those subjects. That might be true. This was well-rounded. <laughs> you, you weren't. You're not going to be... Just completely succumbing to political, you know, conversations about all the things right. that the Golden Voice just said. Right. And you're also not going to be inundated with strictly masturbation right, stories. Like, Plus, i got to be honest, I think there's a revelation on this episode. Really? We find out that the, the Golden Voice, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell, I'm going to save it for the listener. But there's That'll some there's some shocking revelations That'll about the Golden Voice in this one. No, yeah, if you're the kind of person who's like, ah, oh, I wish they did more abortion stuff, you might like this episode. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who says, ah, oh, I wish they talked about beating off more, you're also <laughs> going to like this episode. It's something for everybody on this one. How many podcasts? It's got rugby. It's got <laughs> video games. <laughs> it's got Running Man. It's got tequila. Yeah, I it's mean, got shooting loads on your face accidentally, <laughs> maybe on purpose. <laughs> It's got whether or not the heartbeat at six weeks really truly marks the point where you could determine whether or not you need an abortion. It's got everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, I think this is pretty, pretty good. We went into depth on the pain of uh, <laughs> lethal injection. Mm-hmm. I mean, name a subject we didn't cover. I, I don't, I I turned a corner on uh, Louisiana chips. They're called zaps, man. Sure. 
Superfan Burke's going to love this because you're going to hear it later. But you started out, you well, had that one chip. You're like, well, here's, here's what will here's what'll really set him off. I liked those chips because they didn't taste anything like what I associate with Cajun flavors. Mm. Okay. Also, we gave, a, I think, a very fine five-minute shit on Charleston run. Oh, that didn't scare Alan off, but I think we did a really good job with a... <laughs> that was welcome. I, I, if someone could get my wicker chair and have me down on the beach, I, I want to tell you, I, I, I'll order later. I want you to hear what I'm drinking during the episode. I don't want to ruin the fun. I want to a wooden beach chair with rusted hinges <laughs> to take down with me. To Excuse the, me, sir. The great beaches will folly. Before you make my Polynesian pearl diver, would you happen to have bay leaf on you? <laughs> Do you, excuse me, sir, do you have a black man for sale? <laughs> I know these are different times. I shall be needing him to carry my belongings down to the great beaches of folly with the compacted sand and the elderly people. Does this beach have sharp, sharp things in the sand that will I stick once, me? I once visited the white beaches of the Gulf. <laughs> I must say, I do not care for the jiggly-titted teens. I myself am more of a great beaches of fallen man. I prefer elderly types. When you're young, you always look at the young women with their voluptuous titties. But as you get older, you realize that you need the cheaper cuts. The fillet. I do not, I do not enjoy the jiggly-titted teens. So I saw a woman wearing what can only be called a thong. The gentleman next to me called it a teabag. I, I found it offensive, sir. I saw a man at the summit of Panama City with binoculars from the hundredth floor clearly looking at her backside. I do not care for this. I love this character. He's now Mr. Charles. I was there, I was, having a lovely dinner of Bubba Gump's shrimps. Have you ever had that lobster roll, sir? I would challenge you to find something of its equal in the Northeast. <laughs> I just love I once visited the white sandy beaches of the Gulf. I did not care for the jiggly titty teens. I went to Sarasota on the spring The white break. sands, they had no heat in them. I could walk barefoot without feeling any pain. Good sir, have you ever seen an 18-year-old D-cup play volleyball in the sand? It is offensive. I must say, I do not care for it. I myself am more inclined to watch an elderly couple in old tie-dye Ron John t-shirts walk along the great beaches of folly. I'm telling you right now, it's like a title of a shitty book. The Great Beaches of Folly. Written by Winston Livingston. I myself. Son of Charleston. I myself... I'm a connoisseur of she-crabs. <laughs> they say it's a tourist trap, but me personally, as a man of Charleston, I find it to be quite enjoyable. My neighbors to the west with their crawdads don't know anything of a good bowl of she-crab soup. <laughs> if you present me with a bowl of she-crawfish soup, I will eat it, but I will not enjoy it. Oh, man, Mr. Charleston, I love now, this new character. <laughs> now, as we were saying... The black gentleman I like <laughs> All that being aside, I'm still looking for an African-American gentleman. I need someone to measure me for my new white suit. <laughs> I shall be needing a cane of bamboo. <laughs> I like that. I, I shall be needing. 
Mr. Charleston requires. I will be needing an old rickety wooden chair with rusty hinges and a damaged umbrella to shade me from the sun's harmful UV rays that somehow mysteriously make their way through the clouds on the gray beaches of folly. Gray beaches of folly. And I will be needing a bowl of she crab soup prepared, preferably over a fire on the gray beaches of folly. I will also be needing a tomato and mayonnaise sandwich. Excuse me, do you have cottage cheese and a pear and some uh, some cheddar cheese? The black man I wish to purchase will need to wipe the mayonnaise from my chin <laughs> as I watch the elderly couple's in tie-dye t-shirts stroll along the gray beaches of fall. The gray beaches of fall. I shall be acquiring a home soon, not on the gray beaches of fall, as I cannot afford it. <laughs> But I will be purchasing a small condominium inside the city of Charleston, very near to Charleston's own bubblegum shrimp. I've just ordered from Amazon a metal detector with which I will walk the great beaches of folly trying to find my ancestors' final resting places. I have recently discovered cargo shorts <laughs> for to collect my belongings that I gather with my metal detector as I stroll along. The great beaches. The great, the great beaches are falling. We should write a song because we did the Christmas thing. I think there's a like a Garth Brooks themed like on the great beaches are falling. Well, I mean it's settled. Mr. Charleston's gonna have to do the next Adam and Eve. <laughs> I heard of a great deal the other day. You can head on over to AdamandEve.com. No, based uh, surely in Charleston, Charleston South, Carolina, South Carolina, where you can buy yourself any imagination of, of uh, any any quantity of, of dildos and, dildos and pocket and vaginas to pleasure yourself on the great beaches. Nothing is also of my taste personally, but butt plugs can be purchased there. If you and when you go out in the beaches, <laughs> the beautiful gray skies are falling. Let's say, good sir, you consumed one too many bowls of she crab soup <laughs> and need to plug your butt. <laughs> you would want to do no more than head on over to adamandeve.com with promo code TPTOPOM. Slash Charles. Slash Charles. <laughs> purchase your she crab soup butt plug. Plug the she crab soup into When do we lose Alan? We're in the intro. When do we lose Super Fan? We're Alan? going on 11 minutes. And I think, I think nine it. of them have been given <laughs> Mr. Charles. Rap it. I said, I don't want to go crazy. You're like, hey, you're like, hey, I want to keep this intro short. And say, you know, say, you know, Mr. Charleston's talking Grace about buying black I shall need an umbrella to protect me from the sun's harmful UV rays that somehow make it through the gray clouds. <laughs> Miraculously. On the gray beaches of fire. <laughs> I shan't be eastin' oysters here. No, no, sir. We eat she crab soup and bubble gum. <coughs> I have just polished off my third Polynesian pearl diver. Excuse me there, black man I own. <laughs> Would you bring me my cane of bamboo? I shall be needing it to escort me to the tailors to pick up my new white suit. This is just absurd. I, I literally started this by saying, can we... Keep this short and then fucking Grace Guys of Folly and Mr. Charleston come out. Oh, fuck me. What a show. What a, what a waste of Could time. Could I interest you in a tour of the USS Yorktown? <laughs> no. No, Mr. Charleston. 
See, this here was a segregated boat, as it should be. Would you like to see the submarine adjacent to the USS Yorktown? Or the battlefield? That is the USS Martin Luther King Jr. Perhaps the battlefields of the American US Civil War. Fortunately for me, I can still purchase a black man, as this is the birthplace of secession. And this is a Charleston. God bless. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> Stick in there, buddy. Stop. <laughs> that has to be taken out, so you'll have to edit that. And now we'll restart and say, hey, enjoy the episode. Mr. Charleston ruined it. He has some work to do now. We won't have to explain it because we got to stop using that name in this podcast. W-F-U-C-K. Bam. Holla. Hey, this is Mick Spear coming at you live for, what, what's this show called? God damn it, man. Shut up, Rodney Tahoe. <laughs> this is a pod pod radio show. It's called a podcast, man. It's a pod- Shut the fuck up. God. Well, do it fucking right, Put man. Put my goddamn dog you down. You have a damn script Put in your hand. Put my goddamn dog down. He doesn't like you. Wait, I can promise he doesn't like you. Anyways, this is a uh, uh, commercial for uh, shit. What's this, Starship? Abnerneve.com, man. Oh, it's like Starship on the internet. I give you a gift card every year. Rodney Tahoe, King of the Ring. What you want to do is head on over to... Uh, Adam and Eve. Shut the fuck up, Rodney. Fucking <laughs> put my goddamn dog down. It's AdamandEve.com. It's basically like Starship on the internet. If you like buying like dicks and shit from Starship, but you buy you buy dicks and shit from AdamandEve.com on the internet. Are you like the last guy that still goes to that goddamn Starship on like, the corner down I, there? I lead an analog lifestyle. Nope. You know this. All right. You want to head on over to AdamandEve.com. What do we get? You're going to use that promo code DPTOPOD at checkout. You're going to get 50% off any one item. Anything? Any one item. Hell yeah, Rodney Tahoe. And then you're going to get free gifts. Ten, How many? Ten free gifts. Shut the fuck up, ten free gifts. You're going to get a sexy item for him, a sexy item for her. Who gives a shit? And a third <laughs> gift that everybody's going to like, even if you're into dudes and shit. Which, I mean, I'm, I may or may not be do, into dudes. Everybody knows you're into dudes, Smear. So, um, <laughs> apart from that, you get six free movies, which I fucking love Roadhouse. <laughs> one, can only hope, one can only hope Roadhouse. Smear, I don't think you get it. They're not giving you your choice. It's not that old thing where you ordered movies from, like, what was that thing called? It's just like a red box subscription. No. Remember that thing when we was still... Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah, we, well, we were still going at it every Friday night. I beat you every time, but they always called it a draw. <laughs> and you would always say, I know who Almost. won. And we I would say, know we won. know who won. Some of those matches. You never won. But it's like, this ain't Publishers Clearinghouse where you pick your movies. These aren't, mm. these are, what do they call these movies? The, the filthy films, the dirty ones. Mm, like Bone Tomahawk. God bless. My favorite film. I'll never forget, I was sitting there in that theater laughing my motherfucking ass off. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Didn't you love it? You get three <laughs> movies. You get six of them. So you're going to get Roadhouse. You're going to get Days of Thunder. You're going to get Top Gun. You're going to get... <laughs> you're going to get The Princess Bride. you got to throw one in there that's just fucking filthy. <laughs> Debbie does Dallas. You're going to get Deep Throat. <laughs> and then... What do you get outside that? What's the tent? Apart from that, that tent free gift is free shipping. Free shipping. It may or may not be discreet, but at this point, you get, oh, it don't matter to you, you Schmear. Getting all these dicks and shit in the mail, you shouldn't really be too worried about discreet. You know what I'm saying? Schmear, you ordered Propecia from Canada and put it on the box. Fuck that. Back <laughs> in the day, you know, I just got a boner. 
And fuck something. I didn't need all this shit. But uh, I'm happy to read this shit for, you know, what, what's, this, what's this fucking thing called? It's called a podcast. You know, right, the pod radio, yeah. It's not fucking... Internet radio. It's like that serious yeah. satellite XFM thing. That's what it is, Schmer. That's XFL. What it is. I always like the XFL. I know you did, Schmer. Didn't you try out? <laughs> you may or may not have tried out. You may or may not have tried out the coach. You may or may not have tried out to be a male cheerleader. I heard you tried to audition to be a stuntman on Top Gun, too. I may or may not have done that. I may or may have not been a troglodyte in the movie Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> you look like a fucking troglodyte. It goes well with my mullet. <laughs> the troglodyte definitely had some mullets in that film, that's for sure. Right. Anywho, that's your Rodney Tahoe and terribly re- rehearsed Mick Schmare introduction to our TPTO. Anyways, you're going to head on over. Uh, let me do this for you, Schmare. Right. You're going to head on over to, to adamandeve.com. You're going to put in the promo code TPTOPOD. And what you're going to get, tell them again, Schmare. You get all kinds of shit. You get 50% Just keep it simple. Off, 50% off any one item. 10 free gifts, which includes a gift for you. A gift for him or her, or whatever. What if, what are three of the gifts? Or is it one in cock ring? Is is it if you get the three ring cock ring? Listen, is that Tahoe, I showed you how to do the triple stuff. This ain't fucking easy, man. <laughs> like, you do the triple stuff. If it's rubber, it's easy. If it's steel, you got to work real hard. You got to get some lube involved. And you know what? Chances are, one of these fucking gifts is lube. <laughs> so if you get, you know, dick rings and ball rings, and then she I, gets lube. I'm just supposing that I'm saying if it's the three ring setup, does that count as three of the gifts, or is that one of the gifts? I don't know. Let's get these Adam and Eve people on the phone. All right. Anybody got a rotary? <laughs> <laughs> You're killing Roddy Todd. One can only hope that the third free gift has something to do with the ass, because that. <laughs> You know, if I got a me gift, I got a her gift, I want an ass gift. Because I could work for either one of you. Because we both got assholes. She's the one with the vagina. I'm the one with the dick. That's different. We both got buttholes. So one can only hope that gift number three is a butthole-centered gift. Well, there you go. Ten free gifts, 50% off any one item. And that includes one of the ten gifts is free shipping. So order some get, shit. And then you get six uh, VHS tapes. You got Days of Thunder. You got Top Gun. I mean. No. No. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. I do movie. love that film. That fucking movie. Rodney Tahoe, one of his favorite films is Robin Hood. Man. Rest in peace, by God. Jesus Christ. And Christian Slater. Well, he's still And alive. Kevin Costner. Jeez, what a loss. What Born a tough day. What a tough day. All right, so yeah, head on over to uh, Starship. No, Adam and Eve. <laughs> AdamandEve.com. Starship's the real store. At least here in Georgia where I live. Is this good? Can we cut this down? <laughs> All right. Anyways, use that promo code. Get you some dicks and shit. Anyways, we won't. That's enough. That's enough of that. Tonight, tonight we're going with something so campy, so ridiculous. You want to back this up? You know, yeah, a little bit. If you think about it, now that I'm watching this, it has that Star Wars kind of screen roll in. Yeah. If you think about it, it's kind of just like the Hunger Games, but with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of terrible acting, just the body and over the top, stupid props, and like the hockey man. 
Uh, sorry, we're watching The Running Man, everybody. <laughs> I probably should lead out with that. I don't that. think his name is Hockey Man. Well, the guy that's just, like, that's the area where he kills his people is, like, with a hockey stick. Oh, and, yeah, I forgot about him. The, the guy that is most burned into my brain is Dynamo, the guy who... I feel like that. I feel like, is that a real guy, or is that from American sings. Gladiators? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the guy who, like, sings opera while he kills you. He's got the, like, light-up mohawk. He's, he's like, all... He's, he's the electricity guy. Yeah. And he has the little, like... Uh, Crap! What's the Shriner car like? The little car? <laughs> oh God! Like buggy days back in Barnesville. Yeah, yeah. The Running Man. Look at the look at this fucking mid eighties awful. It's very very high tech. By two thousand seventeen, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. This is what happened in Starship Troopers. A bloody state divided into paramilitary zones, ruled with an iron hand. Mm. Television is controlled by the state. And a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. When high-tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearning for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. <laughs> Look at that dear. Such good graphics. <laughs> I feel like I'm playing Oregon Trail. Is this before or after Predator? It's got to be before, right? I don't know. Predator had, inc- by this standard... Pre- the only special effects in Predator was the infrared imaging, and you've had that... I mean, they've had that for, like, Weather Channel shit since forever, so... Fair enough. Predator Fair. could be before. I always thought helicopter pilots had to wear helmets, but I guess you just get a Nazi-style little... Uh, yeah, you get a little cap... Not, to be fair, that's more of, like, a Star Wars hat. Which, which arguably is modeled the... after the Nazis, also. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, when you're a, when you're a pilot in the like future, how he can look at those helmets little, are optional. Those little dots there and say that's approximately 1,500 people. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you gauge it. Like, a softball is, like, a million people, <laughs> but a golf ball is only, like, 1,500. And you learn that in pilot school. In the year, what, what year? Oh, it's 2017? Yeah. 2000. I think it was 2017. 2017. So I mean, we've done well to avoid the Running Man. Yeah. Well, I, what I was gonna say is, you know, Matt is, you know, living in uh, Mad Max land. Mm-hmm. But this is the U.S. We're living. This is us now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not that far away from Jesse the Body Ventura hosting a show where people run for their lives. Well, it's like you said the other week. A show that I, I think I didn't try hard enough to find was the. Uh, the Japanese show where the guy just gets jerked off while he tries to answer trivia. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you have something like that, and I you look at the inherent violence, I'm afraid, like, I think I would do well in the trivia, but man, I'm going to come so fast. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. It doesn't matter if you do well in the trivia. If you if you don't finish the questions before you finish, you lose. I mean, I'd love to try it. It's a, it's a, uh, I feel like. That would be Schmerer's favorite television show by far. <laughs> That's the one thing he like, like. Like he convinces himself that he would do well at it. Yeah. But in reality, the minute like. Here's what I do. <laughs> I get myself some lemon cream. <laughs> and I sneak it over there to uh, Nippon, Japan, whatever they call it now. <laughs> sneak it over there up my ass. Nippon. <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> sneak it over there up my ass. And then when I get to the game show, I shit it out. And I put the numbing, the numbing stuff on my dick. And then, you know, I answer the questions. <laughs> the only concern there is I don't know much trivia. 
What trivia would so you So I might know? be the longest running contestant on that show in its history, but I'll get all the questions wrong. I don't know. Keep going, girl. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Pangea. I don't know. Keep going. Keep going. I will say a, a, a quick... Oh, the Arnold U.S. The Civil War or <laughs> one of them African ones? <laughs> U.S. Mm. Mm, I don't know. Well, you had the West. <laughs> no, shit. You had the Axis. You had the Axis powers. No, no. Oh, God. What oh. happened in Red Dawn? That was it. Oh, shit. I'm starting to feel a tingle. Whatever happened, <laughs> Whatever happened in Red Dawn? Sweetheart, do me a favor. Whatever you do, don't touch my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's not part of the show. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just saying, I will lose. <laughs> And you will lose, too. You will, everyone loses. Everyone, everyone loses. That is a lose-lose. Yeah, shout out to, we asked, and, and we're getting some feedback. I, know, I was going to say, with your phone handy, I know that Burke asked that we read Matt's emails. Did Matt email after last week? I don't think so. We've gotten... A, he may have. We got a few from Banks. Uh, we got, we got. I think we got another RBK. Can't quite remember. And I then, like that Burke signed off with Pink and Lacey. Yeah, Pink and Lacey, oh, which yeah. I'm not surprised by, but I, I feel like he's... It's time to spice it up, man. It's fall time. It's, it's approaching football season. I think he's got to have gold and black lace, the whole Falcons thing. I don't know. I guess depending on the day, I imagine every once in a while, Burke's just got like an old cotton. <laughs> Some granny panties. Just old <laughs> cotton. I mean, in fair, they're black with like a faded Batman logo over the vagina. But, <laughs> but it's just old cotton. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> They're just comfortable out of the shower. Like, not trying to show off for anybody. Just Right, right. It's laundry day. Yeah, it's laundry day. There's a few stains that are of suspect origin, these but are the they're pair, just for him. Yeah, these are the, this is the go-to pair when I'm not feeling so fresh down there. <laughs> Pink and Lacey. Oh, P&L Burke. I like it. Well, they, lazy Burke. What uh, what uh, what your brother? You know, what Brian sent was actually quite good. Oh, and it, if he was ever a real producer, he would be producer Pink and Lacey. Producer Pink and Lacey. P and L. We got M and P. Now we got P and L. Pink. Two very different meanings. One's geographical, and one's a little gay. <laughs> Not in 2019. Not in 2019. It's probably like modus operandi for most now. I don't know. But Brian's email, you were saying? Yeah. Did you happen to give it a look? Yeah, I did. It was it was earlier in the day, and I've been. Well, he was talking about San, Sandy Lyle. Yeah. From, from Along Came Polly. Yeah. And. R.I.P. Philip Seymour. Yeah, Hoffman. Mick isn't the the really good comparison. I'll just focus on the positive. Is that this guy hires a VH1 crew to follow him around, <laughs> and there's just no need. They don't. They're not interested. They're not motivated. They're just eating. Like he said, Mick's our people. Would yeah. show up and to mix. We got an interview. We're gonna go over here, my buddy. You know, we're going over here to Roddy Tahoe's place. And they, Roddy Tahoe, would be, what the fuck is it? Like, because we'd be yeah. rummaging through. Like, not us personally, but maybe like the the boom mic guy. Yeah, is like eating a bat. Are you eating my flaming hot Cheerios, man? Put the graham cracker box down. <laughs> Shit. You gonna make a s'more, motherfucker? <laughs> Mick, what's this retard doing in my kitchen? <laughs> if you, if I see another can of. Uh, uh, Brunswick stew being opened around here. I'm gonna lose my shit. Take hey, dipshit. That's cat food. <laughs> no, actually, that's a uh, that's for the dog. That's when Mick or Mick leaves his dog <laughs> over here. He loves it over here. Shut up. That's for Ronnie Tahoe Jr. <laughs> Stop calling him that Schmettin' Tahoe. <laughs> he likes canned food. <laughs> Mick feeds him that kibble bullshit. Oh, shit. It's a little bit more expensive, but all in all, somebody's got to do right by that dog. Poor thing, having to live with Schmer all the goddamn time. <laughs> 
Shamara buys that store-bought Alpo, but it's the Kroger brand. <laughs> That's a little tidbit I do love the most. We're early on Schmare, but the fact that his dog hates him but loves Rodney Tahoe, <laughs> and Rodney Tahoe loves to rub that in. Oh, what I was going to say earlier is that's the one thing, like, Schmare and Tahoe put all their their BS aside, and they have a true kinship over getting together every Saturday night to watch the Japanese jerk-off show. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but this is the type of movie when... Oh, oh his head blew up. Oh, he just got Kennedy'd. I mean, that's rough, but that's not Bone Tomahawk rough. Nah, but the logic there is they're wearing these collars that they have to get off. If they move too far past, their heads explode. Right, which, I mean, this, you know, clearly whoever wrote Wild Wild West was, you know, stealing some content. Here's an over-under I always wonder when I watch a Schwarzenegger film. How many women did he assault on set? (laughs) Yeah, how many lamentations did he hear? (laughs) That's one we should watch. I used to love that movie. James Earl Jones is a bad guy with long hair. It's like bangs. And bangs, no less. <laughs> no, that'd be a good one to pod. I, I would do, and I would even go to some of the old, you know, the, the lesser ones, like Red Sonia. To hear the lamentations of the women. Conan, what are the three pleasures of life? To cross your enemies, to see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of the women. <laughs> it's the greatest line, and they, you hear it everywhere. Well, I, I vote we watch that, and then the following week we watch Beastmaster. Man, we're overdue on Beastmaster. <laughs> Because that's, that's Rodney, or not, excuse me, that's Mick's favorite movie. Yeah. Because he has two trained ferrets picking locks. Well, and well, he has one. The other one died, if you recall. One of them dies? I gave them names. I'll have to go back through the text messages because I gave them very specific names. But they're both old. <laughs> and one of them died. So he still has the one. Wait a minute. No, I'm saying in the movie. He has two trained ferrets, and one of them they don't they don't die. Oh no! In Beastmaster, they're they're fine. I'm saying. Yeah, Mick's, yeah I was like, wait no, a minute. Mick's, Mick is down to one. Yeah. Mick used to have two. They were twins, and he would interchange <laughs> them in the ring. Uh, their, their stage name was Fang, but they didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Your I look never changes when you say it. You truly, well, you truly like. What's the guy that act? You Daniel Day Lewis at every time. Well, what I wanted to say in terms of the Sandy Lyle thing. If you need help envisioning Smear, it's a it's a triumvirate. It's a trifecta. Mm. You have the aloofness of a Johnny Depp character, mm-hmm. that sort of huh, huh, huh factor. Right. Then you have the blissful stupidity of a Will Forte character, <laughs> MacGruber, etc. He's he's earnestly stupid, mixed with the suave coolness of a Sam Rockwell. Okay. That's your mixed mirror triumvirate. Do you have somebody who can sort of isolate those three together with a deep-voiced southern accent? You've got Mick Schmear. Mm. Say what? Huh? Huh? What's that? <laughs> I just feel like there's a little bit of, like, a Michael Scott in there, too, without the kind of, like, comicness of it. Like, well, that's... In that's that he's that's, good, he's well-intentioned, but he actually believes... Yeah. Like, when he says, I never lost a match to Tahoe... Yeah. It's not like he's saying that for bravado on the on his documentary. Right, no, he he legitimately he believes that he never lost a match to Tahoe. When, as far as the record books are concerned, nobody won those matches. No one won those matches. But to them... That's, the, that's, that's what I love. That's like the endearing part about our movie, is Rodney Tahoe and Mick Smear could not be liked less by the wrestling community. They, that's, that's what they I are, They are two blemishes on the history of the wrestling. Movie. I'm telling you, the intro to this documentary is not like Schmer buying a pack of cools 
or whatever, walking down the street, telling like, you know, when I was a boy, you know how doc- some documentaries yeah. are. The documentary starts with real life wrestlers that we somehow pay just enough money to get them to sit down for a five minute taping and say, all we need you to do is say, why the hell are y'all doing a documentary about Mick Schmear and Rodney goddamn Tahoe? <laughs> I mean, can I, j- can I get in on once? Yeah, yeah. I'll call it quits after no, that. I, I, yeah, I, I, you cut to DDP like, you want to talk about who? <laughs> yeah, one of the wrestlers has no idea. Like, yeah. So you, we would go a few years back, like late 80s, early yeah. 90s. We would we could probably get Ric Flair. Yeah, the dude's doing all those Comic Con. I follow him. He's like, well, and I he's see, getting every dollar he can right now. I still vote within the breakdown. Like, if it's ten wrestlers, like Sting is in the middle. And, I got it. And he's just stone faced. <laughs> he says nothing. I, but you hear you in the background, like, what do you remember about about uh, Mick Schmear? Just dead eyes. Angry dead yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to leave it. I yeah. forget this is not a visual medium sometimes. Angry dead eyes. But I do agree. Like mixed in with uh, who? What? So the, Why do you want to talk about that? So those particular wrestlers that would have been in that era and are still alive by some miracle, uh, they're like, they're seriously perplexed. Like, they're almost so perplexed, they, they're like, what am I, what? I mean, I know you're paying me, but why am I answering these questions? Well, Whereas, like, why don't then you, you make, flash. Like, an Ultimate Warrior doc? Like, well, nobody's done that yet. Yeah, they have. There's so many. <laughs> but... Then you would like flash forward to like a modern day guy, and the only one that comes to mind is John Cena. I don't think we could afford him. So someone a little bit in that in this new age of wrestling, who is like, <laughs> mankind's dying to talk about. It. <laughs> that would be the good episode. <laughs> Cactus Jack, yeah. old mankind. Uh, I did quite a few stops <laughs> with Schmear. Frankly, I liked fighting Rodney Tahoe more. Mick Schmear's the only guy I ever <laughs> did cocaine off his ass. <laughs> And then we cut it. Uh, you can tell, like, he's ready to tell some stories. And he leads out with something kind of gay. It's like, right, that's, that's, that's But we don't cut it entirely. You actually see him take a breath and start again, and we just move on. But someone, like, in this in this new aggression era, they call it a name for it, this new age of wrestling. But someone that, that we say, so what do you remember when you were a kid? When you were a kid, what do you think about, what do you think about Mick Schmear? And they, I, I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, they legitimately, like, no, I, I I don't know. I do. My dad was a big fan of Rodney Tahoe, which we I never understood that either. But he he bought the same yeah. American flag denim jacket that, that <laughs> Tahoe would come out to the ring with. I love the idea of getting <laughs> a a rock lookalike <laughs> and having him sit in and and giving his input on Mick Schmear. He's the one guy we can get some wrestler feedback. And at the bottom in parentheses, this is not not the real rock. <laughs> Actor doing a reading of what yeah. The Rock actually said. Uh, the, the Rock wouldn't Actor, perform on camera. Yeah. Actors reenactment, reenactment, something like you know, like when you like those like mystery shows. Like these are just actors. This isn't the real person. I like, that. but I I think it was just I, when I tell you that if I if I even won a little bit of money, if I won like a scratch off for five hundred thousand. I would take four and put it in the bank, and I'd just play with fifty. But I would take at least twenty-five thousand and put it in this film. Yeah, just to see, because I think it would be fun. Because like everything we do now can relate to Schmear. I see Schmear late night. Rodney, Tahoe, stop calling, man. Goddamn, Running Man's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can have Rodney Tahoe and Mick Schmear go to a bar together and reenact the Predator Two story. <laughs> Like two men in their in their like late fifties sitting in a bar getting hit on by college girls like so what do you guys do and I, hey, hey hey fuck man Predator two's on <laughs> shit you're trying to talk me in the middle 
Fuck, I missed his I missed his line. Danny Glover's on the screen. Go Shut away. up. Shit, go away. But then you can just roll everything else off this pot. Well, first time I remember jacking off was a realty magazine. <laughs> and I prefer to use hand soap, if I'm being honest. I figure it kills two birds with one stone. Keeps well, me fresh down there so I don't have to wear my white and skinny panties. <laughs> well, I've been more of a coconut oil guy myself. <laughs> Tahoe's definitely like buying Ritz Carlton hand soap. Yeah. Well, a lot of my money actually goes into hand soap, or excuse me, hand lotion. That's hand soap is for smear. That weird motherfucker. I can't even wash my hands over there. It gets smell in my nose. Makes me feel sick. <laughs> Just knowing what he does in that room when I'm out there. If I had the time, I could tell you about all the blow me and Mick Schmear used to do back in the day. <laughs> but I don't. Oh, I have. Oh, we have. How much time do we? Have? <laughs> There he is. There he is with hair and everything. That's not his hair. Either. I was going to say, that's a wig, right? Oh, for sure. Jesse the Body, I don't think he's had hair maybe ever. I wish, like, every once in a while, he we could see him with his, like, Egyptian chainmail head covering. You know the thing he used to oh, wear? Yeah, of course. It was it was absurd. It didn't, nothing about it fit his wrestling mantra at all. Or, I know, not but mantra, I, but I his know, but I enjoy motif. It. I enjoy it now in, in nostalgia. My thing, when I, always, when I always think of him, I always think about him, because he was always like the lackey. He hated the good guy mm-hmm. and wanted the bad guy to win. He was always anti Hogan, right. anti Ultimate Warrior, anybody good. So that was his, his shtick. So I just hear him saying, you know, anytime something good or good would happen to the for the bad guy, he'd be like, there you see, Mean Gene. Always Mean Gene, Mean Gene. He'd always preface every sentence with Mean Gene. See, right there, she definitely has a story about Arnold uh, grabbing a titty when they're at the, what do you call the catering things they do out in Hollywood? The craft table. Yeah, uh, craft services. Craft services. Yeah. You know, he definitely grabbed a titty at craft service. He definitely put his dick in a hot dog bun. Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to talk much about it because I've done that. <laughs> so I don't I don't feel like that's See, I setting him I'd apart. I'd be afraid it wouldn't reach the end. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. So what I did, it's like when you, you, know, sides, you, know, you know how you, when you cook a hot dog and, you, and the, the bun's longer? Yeah. Right? So you just yeah. kind of try to position the dog yeah, where you have just the same amount on each end of bread. You center it. You center it. That's, yeah. You can't do that with a penis, as yeah. you know, because... Unless you take it off. Right. And I wasn't... really hard to I do. Wasn't, I wasn't up for that. <laughs> But uh, to be clear, I might not have ever put my hot dog <laughs> bun on my penis. I don't know. Coincidentally, I did once put uh, toothpicks in my balls. <laughs> Acupuncture, I called it. Look at that. It's the guy from... Uh, it's the guy your brother knows. Yeah, well, and... Uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's, no, yeah, Wayne's World, but also the, the rip... Rip him. Oh, yeah. He's got a... No holds barred. Oh, that guy's been in a lot of movies. I know. That's, uh, that's LaForce from Mallrats. Mm-hmm. And he's in, like, every... He's in every movie as a stuntman of some kind, and he always has sort of, like, a background role. What's his name? Richard Dawson? Yeah. He kissed some people. Well, that, that era in Hollywood, I mean... Yeah, they just... I, sexual it almost... It, it wasn't even that it was... It wasn't sexual harassment. It just came with... Oh, you want to be an actress? Oh, oh, I'm going to need to well, tongue your nipples. Let's get those nipped out. Nippy nippies. <laughs> feely feelies. Mm, all right, now I'm going to need to see that butthole. <laughs> oh, boy. You face me, you face the wall. Either way, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know how you're facing me. But... So how's the week? Anything exciting other than watching Running Man with me right now? <laughs> well, it's only Tuesday, but Kristen's back in town from Maine. Mm. She got to eat some Maine lobster. Lobster? I saw that lobster roll, I gotta she say. She said it was 
incredible. See, I, I, I'll, I've never had a, lo- a lobster roll. I mean, the first, first like a proper one for Maine, or no, just I've just never had one, and there's a reason behind it because I won't eat a, a lobster roll in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, yeah, like I wouldn't eat a varsity dog in. That, oh, we need to talk about Boston. This. We need to talk about this varsity experience, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> I just feel like I want to have my first lobster roll in New England, not, you know, in South Carolina, especially right. Charleston, right. where they're going to tell me it's a really good lobster roll, and then I'm going to be like, well, where's the fucking sheet crab soup? You know, and they're going to be like, tourist, <laughs> no one eats that here. Hey, listen, this is a really good lobster roll. This is, I mean, bubblegum shrimp does it like no one else does it. <laughs> How, what do you mean when by the, no one else does it like this? When the governor this? comes into town to eat, this is where he comes and this is what he eats. Like the governor of Charleston, <laughs> of South Carolina, comes to Charleston <laughs> to eat a bubblegum shrimp? <laughs> At least go to the place with the dollar staple to the ceiling. That mm. seems a little more authentic. Uh, there you go, Alan. There's your weekly Grace Guys of Folly. That sounds like a book. Something something Faulkner would have written. It's the great beaches of folly. Oh, saw the great beaches of folly. Yeah, say like an old song. Well, I go and say like an old song. Watch my kids try to dig through the pack hardened sand. <laughs> I will have a Polynesian pearl. <laughs> Do not hold the rum and give my tall man here a big beer. <laughs> we are going to venture now to the great beaches of folly. Find a lady to lick his pole. And now we are off. Young man, I'm going to need a faded tie-dye t-shirt to wear down to the gray beaches of fire. <laughs> there, I will read my book with limited sunlight, perfect for reading. Do you have a wood and rust chair for me to sit on? <laughs> I would like a bathing suit that's a onesie for men, striped and blue, like you might have seen in the early days of the 20s. I need to be soothed by the calm waters of the Atlantic. <laughs> I like my water murky and brown. I need sharp seashells to step on, to puncture my feet. And yes, I will be nutting an, another Polynesian. <laughs> I wonder if Charleston has like a drink of like, you know how like they have the Sazerac in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, Savannah do. has they, that Chatham they, artillery punch I've discussed. They do. It's probably Natty Light. That sounds right. <laughs> At the great beaches of Fall Air. I was kicked back in my wicker chair. With a natural light with on ice. <laughs> the signature cocktail. A sprig of lime. <laughs> the signature cocktail of Charleston. Natural light on ice with a sprig of lime. A Bloody Mary. And a bay leaf. Also with a natural light. <laughs> oh, God. Don't forget the bay leaf. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds not good. We should drink that one day. <laughs> Just, just as a nod to Alan, we'll get a six-pack of Natty Light. Tomato mixer, limes, yeah, lime, and a, and a bay, bay leaf. leaf. No alcohol other than the beer? Yeah. Okay. The Natty Light. And just, you know, oh, we'll make a cocktail out of it. God. We'll, we'll put it in an up. I'll up be honest. Cocktail. The only thing that could probably make Natty Light palpable would be a good Bloody Mary mix with a bay leaf. I mean, and the bay leaf isn't going to do anything, you realize, right? You have to cook that I know. for the bay. So it's just like this shitty, crackling yeah, bay it's, leaf. It's shitty and ridiculous, like Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, someone's gonna get knifed hard, <laughs> so hard. 
strangulation. He has to wonder too, because we don't shit on Perth because we've never been there. It looks beautiful. It looks. Amazing. I've never seen a picture of Charleston and been like, oh Yeah, I have a feeling whatever people say about Perth, they can follow through when you get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful here. There's lots to do. And you get there like, oh yeah, we got the bubblegum shrimp and we got a, a sad beach that nobody likes. He called me on the way here today. Right when I pulled in, he's like, "What do you know about this place, Shambly?" Because he's over here. He's over near here actually, um, picking up some. Some product, and I was you like, "Well, him, it's 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 effectually known it's effectually known as Cambodia, just because it's a mix of cultures of Cambodians and Mexicans and Venezuelans." And it's true, but it's becoming less and less true with all the gentrification. Yeah, yeah. But I did say, I did say for a long time that's how it's been known. You know, you got everything over here from the Beaufort Highway Farmers Market to all this stuff. Baldinos, Baldinos, which you know I know he loves, but. We, I had kind of shit on Charleston for just a brief moment while we did that, even that. And I was like, there you go. I won't do it. I won't do it. So he's going to be a little disappointed <laughs> to hear that here we are. But his biggest beef with Atlanta is like, it's gross, but it's always the same one. It's always like, you like the sex trafficking capital of America. And I was like, yeah, because people come here. Yeah. Charleston would be a more viable sex trafficking operation if anyone thought they could get through there and not be like, this place fucking sucks and I'm not moving many people through here. Yeah, well, much like when you throw a craft single at Sean for saying something dumb. <laughs> Which I haven't done yet because it's on vacation. The next time uh, the next time Alan says sex, you're like, just say, birthplace of the secession. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ult- that's, that is the closing of the book, the slamming of the phone. <laughs> Birthplace of the secession. <laughs> secession. <laughs> now go drink a natty light with a Bailey's. The ba- <laughs> and tomato juice. Get out of my face. <laughs> Sex trafficking. Well, he it, he just is what it is. It's what he says. He's we got have, he has nothing else, so it's just There's nothing else to say. The only complaint the only valid complaint about Atlanta now is that there's too many fucking people here. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a very trafficky. <laughs> I drove Chris into the airport on a Saturday. At six o'clock at night, it, yeah, like in the evening. Okay, and it was like driving through downtown in the middle of a workday. Mm. Just like, what the fuck are all you people doing? Right well, now? I mean, it's Saturday at six o'clock, and it's not. If you had, if it was two, you wouldn't have had an issue. But six o'clock on Saturday, I'm sure there's probably something going on in the city. Something dumb. Well, I mean, yeah, I think Comic Con's dumb. I want to go, but it clogs <laughs> up the city. Maybe not, you know, th- not this note, time. I've never wanted to go to Dragon Con. Just the, I just feel like it's a cesspool for STDs and, and well, overlying that, sadness. Like just, just the thought of, of like navigating downtown, like where, where do you park? Oh, well, you don't because they encourage everybody to get there via some green method. It's like, all right, so I got to get reasonably close to Atlanta, then park and abandon my car and Uber or Marta the rest of the way, mm. and you're fighting the crowds, and it's downtown, which is not built on a grid. It's a total clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Downtown is, I'll give Alan this. Let's shit on Atlanta for a second. If there's a part of this city that I abhor, it's downtown. I like, yeah. I mean, Midtown's Midtown. There's not much to do there, but it's not, at least it's a there's, semi-grid system. There's more to do in Midtown than there is in downtown. Downtown is hotels and commerce There's and yeah. business. There's business. no there's yeah. no culture in downtown. Right. Like the coast, like when you're in downtown, it's like, fuck, I want to eat. It's like, all right, well. Jersey Mike's. There's a Hard Rock Cafe. That way. Yeah, Centennial Olympic Park. And that's about all I got. Yeah. And then once you've seen the world of Coke, there's, I mean, you've seen it. Once you've tasted the Coca-Colas from around the world, there's... And even that is underwhelming. It is underwhelming. Like, I met a guy who's from Europe uh, last week. He was a brand rep for a a clothing brand I like. Mm -hmm. He had a thick accent. Not necessarily German, but Germanic, we'll say. 
He was like, so what's, like, what should I do while I'm in Atlanta? And I was like, well, you, I mean, it's kind of cliche to Atlantans, but it's worth going to the varsity. Like, that's definitely a thing. I said, and, you know, the more local Atlantans would say something like the Vortex. So there's restaurants that are mm. worth popping into if you've never been here before. Sure. Because you're not going to find them outside of Atlanta anywhere. I just wouldn't recommend the Vortex to anybody. Well, and then I followed that up with, I said, but if you truly want a unique, only in Atlanta experience, you need to go to the Claremont Lounge. I know that's your big thing. For me, it would be like, it's like telling them where to go that I like to go. Like, if you you want a well, burger, go I, to, if you want a burger, go to Little's. Go to Cabbage Town. Yeah. Check that out. If you want go to that. go to Little <clears throat> Five and, and go to Junkman's Daughter, which is kind of just now not what it used to be, but no. go get some records at that record store. Empire, what is it called right there? The Wax something? I don't know. It's a record store. It's next to Psycho Sisters? Yeah. Or what used to be Psycho Sisters? You go to Little Five. <laughs> see, look around. Go to Candler Park. Drive I, around. I do all that, but people, especially when they're from out of the state or even out of the country, they're looking for... The sort of, Atlanta that they've been told or seen on TV. Right. They're looking yeah. for something like... And what, what I don't do is say, oh, well, you got to check out the world of Coke. <laughs> Have you seen Have you seen the Olympic torch by the highway? You gotta go see that. I don't. I don't tell anybody that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just Centennial Park. They had the bombing back in the nineties. You gotta go see that. Oh God, Eric Robert Rudolph, <laughs> ruining like, my Olympic experience. I don't guide anyone there. I'm like, well, you know, if you're looking for good food, you can't go wrong with anything inside of De- incorporated Decatur. Since, since we're on the subject, how is it <clears throat> that that was your first trip to a varsity, and it wasn't the actual varsity, but a varsity? It was the Gwinnett varsity, which is like the stepchild of the varsity in, in Atlanta. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Well, no, let me let me let me finish, and then right. don't don't forget your question. Five years. Years, three for Adel- for Albury, and you've never taken the girls to the varsity. And then you and then you speak with it with this level of contempt, as if it's junk food, whereas you eat some of the worst food on the planet with a with a regularity. Yeah, well, I, yeah, me, I do. They don't. Right, right, but it's it's an I, it's good food inherently. I mean, it's it's junk food. Yeah, but it's, it's good food. The 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 kind of diarrhea I get from the varsity is way different than the kind of diarrhea I get from McDonald's. I don't believe And it's probably that. preservatives. There's probably, it's, varsity's probably a little bit fresher. It is fresher. Everything's made yeah. like that moment. You're not getting a burger or, you know, when you get a burger at the varsity, the odds are it's from one cow. Yeah. If you get, I mean, there's no way you can replicate that in a hot dog. You get a hot dog, you're eating many, many different animals, hopefully. Well, that'd be cool if we could do that, though. What's like, that? Like make a, a single a, batch. A one cow taco or a one cow hot dog. Boy, you'd really have to, people would have to pay a lot of money for it. It'd basically just be a burger in a, in a tube form. Basically. And you, I mean, you wouldn't have, you, you'd, you'd have mix. higher you'd like, cuts. You're like, we're going to, you know, this is one pig meat, this is one cow meat, this is one chicken meat. Mm. Let's blend this shit together and make a hot dog out of it. Hey, you know I'm down for a good idea. It's a idea. gourmet dog. It's a gourmet dog. You could literally say, this is from one animal, or in this case, three, because well, yeah, we like blended pork, beef, chicken. This batch of 30 hot dogs chicken, that right. we made, and they have real... Here's the dossier. Yeah, they the have real... The chicken's name was yeah. Lenny. <laughs> they have real tubing. This is this is going to have a snap. Yeah. This is real intestine. This yeah. is the real thing. Mm-hmm. Gonna you're you're, you're going to want to really into grill into that if you don't like the texture of the snap. <laughs> no, but I just like five years and your girls had never had any varsity. It blows well, my mind. Well, for one, 
M and P when you come to Atlanta, I will definitely tell you to go to the varsity. Yeah. Get your junk food fill, and We're then that's figure out a way to send you a peach pie. Yeah, that's what you do though. You send them there so they can get the shits out of them. It like takes the travel shits. Yeah. And and just sh- it's like oh, a yeah, it's like I a travel, travel enemy. When I travel, the first thing I do when I get to my destination, I find a grocery store. Mm-hmm. I find. Obviously, nowhere outside of Atlanta is going to have Arden's Garden, but I look for Suja or some other green juice, and I buy like three of them. Mm -hmm. And I buy coconut water, and I buy kombucha, (laughs) and I've got probiotics with me, and I force a shit out. Because if I don't, I will get the the travel constipation, and I just won't shit for however long I'm wherever I am. I told you about Leah didn't shit for four days exactly. in Paris. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens to me when I'm It was getting so bad she prayed for a shit. I know know. I've talked about this on the pod before. Like when you I gotta get, think about your situation there. I always yeah. laughed at it because, like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer, if you will. But to say, like, to turn to your higher power, whatever that higher power may be. Dear sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> little six pounds, eight pounds. Six pound, eight ounce, little baby Jesus. I need to shit. I have been full of bread and cheese for four days. No, but that's the first thing I do because I don't want the vacation constipation. No, I get it. Title of the episode. And that's, but at least at least when you come to Atlanta, you don't have to, you can still get your kombucha. You can still buy your green juices or. You're cleaning your gut out. Or you like just. Two chili dogs. Give, give me two chilies. Actually, here's what I would do. Two, two chili cheese dogs. I do two chili cheese slaw dogs. I know okay. you won't like that. Then I get the chopped onion, put that over the top, extra mustard. Boom, kill those. And then I get a side of fries. A lot of people go for the rings. I've never not a huge fan of the ring. I've never in my life enjoyed an onion ring from anywhere. Really? I've tried them, especially like if I go places with my dad, and he's like, These are good. I'm like, all right, well give me one. And I'll eat it and I'm like, That's fine, but I don't want another one. <laughs> and I never have. I, I'm not gonna as as I've learned your palate over these last few years. I'm not surprised by this because it seems like oftentimes you dislike things that are universally liked. I just don't understand the appeal of a fried onion. I just that, like it's not. I mean, come on! You've never had a blooming onion. Is that do you include that? I just don't, I'm not. I, onions have from the their Australian point. outback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Onions have their place on burgers and sandwiches. I like onion. I love red onion. When I cook and something calls for onion, I almost always make it a red onion, mm. even if it calls for white or yellow. You know what I like about a red onion? That like film. Yeah. Like when you get them sliced for a burger, you take a bite and there's like that film that gets between your teeth and mm-hmm. you find yourself flossing with a piece of fucking onion. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like nature's or it's like it's like a vegetable calamari. Oh, calamari. <laughs> if we're on a food topic, I will I not eat calamari. it. I never no no and here's a funny tie in. I like it when it's the little baby squid one. Fun, funny tie in to exactly what we were talking about. I was walking in Savannah, I was young. Probably say 13 or 14. I was walking in Savannah. Walking in Savannah. It's better than Charleston's Folly <laughs> Beach. Uh. I was walking in Savannah. Because <laughs> I was tired of the great beaches of Folly. <laughs> there's a dog. And there's some hypodermic needles on Folly Beach. I'm tired of tie-dye and lackluster food. <laughs> Bubblegum shrimp can go to hell too. I'm going to head on over to the cobblestone streets of Savannah. (laughs) So I was walking down the street right outside one of these restaurants. They're trying to get people in because it's like just after the lunch rush and they have another two hours before dinner happens. So they're trying to get any tourist. They're scraping for dollars. I respect that. And they got some young kid out there with a tray. And it comes out hot and steaming. And it looks to me like onion rings. Mm. I'm ready. I was hungry. Mm -hmm. I wanted an onion ring. 
bit into that motherfucker, my teeth bounced off of it. It was the chewiest piece of wood. I didn't know at the time what calamari was. I spit that shit out so hard onto the street that Dad was like, what are you doing? Because it was like, it just looked unbecoming. Just Just spit it out. He's like, is this an onion ring? (laughs) Nobody eat the onion ring. The onion rings are bad. (laughs) And the guy, the young dude was probably 17, was like, no, it's not an onion ring, man. It's calamari. And I was like, what the fuck is calamari? I didn't say what the fuck is calamari. What is calamari? Does it squid? And then I was like, ooh. Then I started like mildly retching. Fuck that. I love it. I love when you get calamari and you get the rings and then you have the little baby squids mixed in too and you can eat the whole thing. You're disgusting. And when we go for sushi, when we go to a, sushi, a real sushi place, we always get baby octopus. That is like by far my favorite thing at a sushi restaurant. What is texturally? The texture doesn't bother me on either of those things. The rubbery texture, that's not a, that's not a, I know That is a game changing no way for me. Texture, food textures for me are more along the lines of like, Ricotta cheese, the 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 feel and and funk. So you're saying no good to ricotta. Exactly. No. Like, and mom knows this. She when I was a kid, she always put ricotta in her lasagna, mm-hmm. and it always. They thought I was being a kid and like acting out. It literally, and to this day, it still does. It triggers my gag reflex. It makes me go like I can't, I can't put it in my mouth. It it is. There is no texture to ricotta it's, cheese. It's, well, but it's it's a combination of that cottage cheesy texture and the and the. Smell. See, I'm actually 50-50 with you on this because I won't eat cottage. Cottage cheese is garbage oh food. When we go to Steak and Shake and Chris is like, give me a side of the cottage cheese with pineapple. Like, get get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> You're not eating that in front of me. Yeah. What about these Southerners? We've talked about this, that, that have a pear. They cut the pear in half, put cottage cheese, and then sprinkle cheddar cheese over top of it and eat that I'm shit like, like it's ma'am, normal. Ma'am, don't waste your money. Let me have my baby spit up into your pear for you. <laughs> It's the same thing. How about a cum sandwich? <laughs> no, cottage cheese, ricotta in the context of lasagna, those are things that make me go, Ugh. But baby octopus at a good sushi restaurant, it has the texture you don't like, but it has the flavor of, like, buttery peanut butter, and it's so delicious. You realize how ridiculously absurd that sounds. I don't eat sushi so I can get, mmm, crunchy oh, I Jif. Love, I love sushi. I love sushi too, but I don't want it. It tastes like peanut butter, and I certainly don't want to have the texture you'd of a tire. To, you'd have to eat one to, to know the taste. Listen, I have had, I have given it, because un, un, unlike yourself, yeah. I will actively try a thing even if I've had a bad experience with it in the past. I do that. No. I do that. I try, I yeah. will... I'm not putting you on the Sean level with the cheese. Dick, I will put anything in my mouth if you, someone says, hey, give it a shot. You definitely had a dick in your mouth. Haven't yet. we all? Not yet. I'm not uh, on a Schmare level yet. You're not on a Schmare level. I'm just saying, I'll try. Uh, they're about to start, by the way. Sorry, we're not really talking much about the running man tonight. I like how when they start, though, they lock you up and they shoot you down a tunnel. Like, it's a ride. Yeah. We're going to send you on a ride, and then you're going to have to run for your life. <laughs> But I, I will try a thing, even if I've had a bad experience with it in the past. And I will admit to you I will that when, I when, when I've had good, and I think I've had really good calamari, I found it to be, it was perfectly fried. It wasn't mm-hmm. over fried, yeah. which is a big problem with any seafood when mm-hmm. you have too much breading. Sure. It was perfectly fried, but it was just, it's, it, and even though the texture on this was, was okay. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Even though the texture on this was okay, it wasn't, it still was like too much chewing. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, when I tried eel, I, I had the same fear. Oh, I love barbecue eel. Well, and I'll give you credit, but I had the same fear. 
Mm. And I looked at an eel, and like, this looks like it's going to be chewy. <clears throat> and it's not. It has the same it's texture not. of a fish if it's yeah. cooked right. And if you get the whole, like, nigiri roll in your mouth, that seaweed snaps almost like a hot dog casing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I am a, a fan of the sushi. I think M&P is, too, based on his Instagram post. I love sushi. My problem with sushi is it costs a fortune, and when you're done, you're like, I could eat another whole batch of that. What do you mean a fortune? Where do you get your sushi? Everywhere we go for sushi if it's... I mean, I will not go to fucking Rusan's. No, that's fucking No, Roussans. no, no. That's... <laughs> fuck Rusan's. That Roussans, be, that's if a, you're listening, don't subscribe. It's a te- Texas-sized no. And that's the place where we go, oh, go to Rusan's. It's so cheap. It's like, yeah, it's cheap because it's garbage. There is a buffet that we went to for, I think it was my birthday, and I'll get you the name of it. And I was a little suspect, but I was like, okay, they're actually charging what appears to be a pretty reasonable rate. It was still high because you were paying per person. I think I want to put it like $25 per person to get in. So you got to imagine it's kind of like a Japanese golden corral. Yeah. And the sushi pieces, they're really smart about it. Mm-hmm. Because they know that like fat asses like myself or real ones, we joke about being fat. We're yeah. just portly, festively plump. We're but like real, yeah. But real fat people definitely come here. So what they've done is they don't really give you like you know how you get a, like a salmon nigiri, mm-hmm. like, usually two pieces, and it's a reasonable amount of fish yeah. and rice. Yeah. For four dollars. Yeah. Well, here it's like they've reduced it. Rather, like, they've literally taken the same piece of salmon and cut it in half, and then they put that on the rice. Yeah. So it's like you think the visual. It perspective from the top. is that it looks and like a lot. if you lift it up and look at it from the side, it's, it's paper thin. It's half the rice. It's not yeah. paper thin, but it's thin. But it was, re- it was really good. Can you imagine how good the sushi is in Australia? The entire country is surrounded by water. Surrounded by tuna? Surrounded by, or not tuna, but surrounded by water and great fish. Yeah. And I, me and Leah were actually talking about it the other day that she had always joked when we did our vegetarian stint for about a year, several years ago, and we ate well. It was just all about finding... The key to being a good vegetarian is not looking at it like you have to just steam vegetables and eat it with the key rice. To being a vegetarian, learning to hate food. No, not at all. I, I will, and I, you know, I love my meat, mm. right? I eat meat now, but it's it's about variation. Like if you don't, if you get tired of of pan frying broccoli and carrots and putting it in rice, okay, get a cookbook that teaches you how to teach really really cook good Middle Eastern food. Mm. Like, learn how Muslims cook. Yeah. They don't always cook. Like, learn how the a certain uh, Hindi, Hindus cook. They don't have no meat in their diet. I want to hit pause for a second and refer to the movie. I love how these guys get rocket launched down these, you know, whitewater-esque tubes. Oh, my God. Is that Charlie's That's mother? Charlie's it's Charlie's mom from Always Sunny. That's wild. Oh, my God. I love how these guys in The Running Man get launched down these tubes, and when they get to the bottom, they're greeted by, like, like, bikers basically but the bikers gingerly help them up out of their seats i I gotta get this so i can send it into the always sunny channel that i'm in (laughs) i told you i have the most likes ever on that page right for that one post but i like when they get there like the bikers like grab them like two hands per arm and like gingerly lift them up like oh we're gonna you're about to run for your life and 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 die in a horrible 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 we're gonna help you up out of your seat yeah you're fine we're gonna gingerly pick oh it's blurry well, that happens. You can probably find a, a picture on the Google. Let's, uh, I wanted you to get back into your sushi, but let's save sex for a moment for the sake of time and to fix the AC. Save sex! Or any more until I know you like it. All right, we're rolling again. Well, you eat. It doesn't really taste like a crawfish. It's just heavily seasoned with like an Old Bay seasoning. That's what I was expecting. And? Tolerable? I'll stick with these. <laughs>
I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, with apologies to Super Bird. Burke, by the way, he's just had his first Zaps Cajun Craw Tater Potato Chip, the legend of, of Louisiana, the Zaps Potato Chip, and he doesn't like it. The legendary letdown of Louisiana. Dude, you're fucking nuts. That is a delicious potato chip, and you don't like it. I don't know what to say. It's, yeah, it's fine. I'll eat it. I'm not going to not is that, eat it. Is that the guy from James Bond? It's the guy from Three Ninjas. Zero? No, it's not Zero. Uh... Come on. Goldfinger, the guy that throws the hat. Did you ever play Goldeneye when you were a kid on N64? No. No one was allowed to beat him because he was too good? No. Really? Hmm. Here I was thinking you had a good childhood. No, I mean, I had an N64, but I played, like, Mario Kart and Street Fighter. Well, we did, too. You just weren't playing the one of the most iconic video games of all time, which is Goldeneye. I got shit from, from all my friends about video games back in the day. They played Goldeneye. They played Final Fantasy. I didn't do that. I was like, I'm not interested in a game where you have to, like, fucking figure shit out. Well, see, that's where you're not understanding. Final Fantasy, yeah. Goldeneye, you, you could play the game. It was it had a first-person shooting aspect of, like, missions yeah, and but shit. There, there but no was... one ever played that. It was, you could, you, it was, like, the first time you could have four people with a, with a quadrant split screen playing yeah. against each other trying to kill each other. And you could do, and, and it was cool because it was like. Well, see, that was never fun because there was always two kids out of the circle that were fucking. It's like Halo. There's always two people in your circle that are so fucking good they take the fun out of it for the other two people in hmm. the split screen where it's like, oh, I know where you're going to pop up next. And then you're dead before you even get to arm your gun. It's like, fuck, man. Like, Stop me if you've heard this before, but I, I have told you the story of the time me and Burke rented rugby for the PlayStation. No? So I would put this at about... These are growing on me. These aren't bad. The year, thank you. The year 1999 or 2000, EA Sports, which is an electronic arts, big, big, big gaming company. They're the ones behind Madden, the video game. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? That's just pop culture crazy. <laughs> you don't even have to be a video game player to know what Madden is. It's a sports game. I know that. It's a football game. Sure. But it's massively... Like with your feet? No, the American style. Oh, okay. It's probably the most popular video game ever made. Anywho. I'm well aware of what Madden is, and okay, I have never played Didn't ask you if you had. I'm just giving you the background of EA at the time was venturing out. They had a couple big games. Hey, sports. Yeah, yes. It's in the game. It's in the game. So they were massively successful with Madden, and then they, being that they were an international company, they had a huge seller with FIFA, which is still a mega seller. It's a soccer game. And I just watched, like, lettuce just tumble all down your beard. It was beautiful. Does FIFA get money from FIFA? Mm-hmm. As fucked up as FIFA is. Yeah. But that could be the same could be said about the NFL. It's like, you know. Yeah, but has John Oliver done a thing on the NFL? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Recently. Uh, about player safety. Anywho, so then they, they were kind of in their, not infancy, but they were feeling things out. So they made a game just called Rugby. It yeah. was like Rugby. 1999. And we were bored with Madden. Not bored, but we wanted to try something else. Now, this is two middle-class white kids in, in Georgia that have never even seen a rugby match, mm-hmm. let alone know the rules. So we knew the one of the rules was you you can't pass it the, the ball. I don't know what they call it. M&P would 
I imagine to be a resource. Maybe he doesn't like sports. I don't want to assume that just because he's Australian that he likes rugby, even though it's a big we sport We can there. assume he has a, a, a comfy supply of short shorts, but let's not go so far <laughs> to assume he likes rugby. I don't know if he likes rugby, but it is a big sport down there. But we, we checked out rugby, me, me and producer Burke. He's got an alligator tooth necklace, but let's leave it at that. Yeah, pink lacy. And, uh, you know, we, we come time to pick teams... And if I had known any better, like we know now, I would have chosen the All Blacks, New Zealand. Yeah. And he might have chosen Australia or South Africa mm-hmm. or France, England, one of the big teams. But I just looked at the team at the speed rating. And one of these guys on one of these teams was this short little black dude. So in Madden or any other game that's sport-related, they, they give you measurables, and the highest you can be is a 99 in any given thing, whether it's strength, endurance, speed, quickness. Well, one of these guys on the Brazilian team was a 99 in speed. So I just went with Brazil, and I just kept passing him the ball. <laughs> and he was just, touchdown. You know, it's actually, that's where we get the word. Really? It's from the rugby term. They actually take the ball. Again, I don't know if that's what they call it, and they touch, touch it down it once they get to the end zone. And I don't know if they call it the end zone. Again, I'm looking forward to Matt's email, if he is a fan of rugby, correcting all of my bad terminology here. But that's where American football gets the term touchdown. Other than just Louisiana, is there anything American that we haven't borrowed from somewhere else? Like, if, to the, me... The blues. <laughs> okay. This jazz. To me, like, if you... Jazz, see, the blue, and even jazz could... Honestly, you, someone can make an argument, but jazz, the blues, and then kind of the cooking aspects of barbecue... Okay, yeah. That's about is the only real so I, American thing. I heard things. D- Dennis Quaid in an interview today, because he's from Texas, but also has some Louisiana origins, say the melting pot that is Louisiana and the fact that the, um, what do they call them? Uh, the, what are the things in Louisiana that connect them to the, the rest of the mainland? They have a name. Mm. I can't think of it. He said it, in, he said it in the sentence, like, until they built these... I'm thinking levies now, and that's not it. That's not it. Levies uh, keep things out. I know, I know. Um, and a famous person was, it was they were built in the 30s, and they basically connected Louisiana by road to the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. It's like, prior to that, this this entire state was just kind of closed off to the rest of the country. It's, it is truly the most American state in that it is, yeah, a total melting pot of race and culture and everything. I'm still caught up on what you're trying to, what the word is you're looking for, having spent so much time down there. I'll go back and, and re-listen and tell you later. Oh, good. But his point was that arguably Louisiana is the most American state because it is so different from the other 49. My counter-argument to that is that Louisiana is not an American state. It's a Caribbean city that happens to sit on the bottom of the country. Sure. Um but being that it is in America, that's just all semantics. But nonetheless, uh, what were we talking about? So I beat him. It's just It was just really getting to him. And we were young kids, and he's so hyper-competitive that he was just getting so more and more frustrated that I just kept giving it to this one little <laughs> tiny black guy from Brazil, and he would literally zoom in and out of these defenders and, and touch the ball down. And I was winning, like, a lot to very little. Like, it was like 70 to 7 over and over again. Massive. And I'm giggling my motherfucking ass off. One, because I'm having a good time playing a game that I have no idea what the actual rules are. Two, I'm just enjoying his reaction. Like, you know how you like to watch me oh, watch yeah. horror movies. Yeah. And it's good. this was the same thing. 
So he goes out, he gets so frustrated, he throws his remote, which I hadn't seen before, and then he goes out and takes his shoe off (laughs) and proceeds to throw it against this brick wall that kind of like, when you pulled into their old driveway, you went downhill and turned quick left into their two-car garage but there was this brick wall that kind of stuck out there that you had to go around. Well, he just went out there and just started throwing his shoe against the wall. And and he, he didn't curse until later in life. Believe that or not, Burke didn't use the F word until, like, he was 15, 16 years old. We played golf a lot, and he would never. It was like a, it was almost like a rule for him. He wouldn't he wouldn't curse. And more of these, I'm like, I don't know. Oh, I think you've had enough. I, I think that I'll give you, ah, fuck it. You hear that, Burke? While I'm shitting on you, all of a sudden... Old calamari golden voice over here is starting to like Zaps chips. Well, I mean, you know, I eat ass, so these are pretty good too. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> you keep saying that, Leah's gonna keep believing it. She thinks she needs some weird butt stuff. <laughs> Something weird about butt stuff. It's a little strange, man. I mean, I'm not. I, I judge. I, I judge. It doesn't matter about what age it is. I, I'm not judging anybody. I had that thought today. I said, what a great era we live in where blowjobs are not like a weird taboo thing. When has it ever been a weird taboo thing? There was a time when culturally, if you went on a date and you had a chaperone and then you could go on a date without one, you're a guy, you're thinking like, I'd love it if I could get one of those mouth jobs I've been hearing about. Would I you? think there was an element of newness when World War One well, soldiers just, came just back from France. It's like the conservatism of the old-fashioned old people. Like, they didn't talk about like. Yeah, my I've got a gay nephew, and we don't talk about it. Yeah, I, I yeah, think, we yeah. I, think that's I, a, I do it the French way with my mouth on his birthday. I think we don't discuss. I think it. that's a byproduct of what I call mother culture, like the things we see in film that we perceive to be real. So in this case, it's this extreme conservative conservatism that was around in the '30s, '40s, and '50s. What we don't understand is that that's simply never been the way. I think blowjobs are just have been just as common as they are now. They just were quieter, less accepted, but still being done. There was no. It's not like this, like this day and age of at coming home and asking your significant other whether it's boyfriend or girlfriend or husband. Well, you would. Well, I guess you could ask your husband or wife for a blowjob. That's not. That's hey, not uh, new. Hey Rick, you know how I sucked your dick yesterday. <laughs> you need to suck mine today. <laughs> We had this conversation just today, actually. <laughs> we were watching an episode of Survivor, and Ron Clark's on there this season. And I'm a big fan of Survivor. I don't know if you know that. And I got Leah into it because I've seen every every episode of all 30-whatever, seven seasons. But Ron Clark, the t- famous teacher from Atlanta, I don't know if you've heard of the Ron Clark Academy. He got famous when yeah. o- Oprah caught on to it, and he got a bunch of money, and he's really done amazing work with inner-city children in the city. Well, he's on the show, and I knew he was gay, and they, it was the family day because he's down. It's down to like the final seven competitors, and so the, you know they bring out the family members. And there's there he, there's Ron Clark, and out comes his husband, this big, tall, beautiful-looking black man. And I was just commenting, like, being someone who is not in that realm, but interested. Is gay there realm? is yeah? Is there a gay relationship for two men that is strictly it, like? They don't play with their boundaries. Like one, like maybe maybe that guy, the tall, beautiful black man, says, "No, I don't suck dick. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to fuck you in the ass, yeah. and you can even play with my ass, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to suck your dick." Yeah, I don't suck dick. Right, but is totally do, do you do you think that is 
Like you might have. There's, I have plenty of gay friends, but I would be. I, I would not reach out right. to them to ask such a specific question. If they had a, if they were sitting there with their partner, I don't have that the kind of balls to be like, hey, I just have a question, and this is not me in any way trying to make fun. Yeah. This is this is strictly academic. <laughs> but is there a gay relationship where one partner is the one that sucks dick, and the other one gets his dick sucked? Or is there is there a situation where you know you, you only take it in the ass occasionally as a favor to him, but mo- more often than not, you're giving it to him in the ass? Like I just wonder about well, the different media because I have to imagine that the it's like anything else in humanity. There's this vast assortment of relationships. Well, I mean, as Mick Schmier said, like, that's that's the great thing about it, man. <laughs> it's anything goes. <laughs> But I'm asking you honestly. Do no, you think there's I can, a situa- I can speak with some um, some reference from at least three individuals that I I don't know anymore, but we used to have, in both where we live now and where we lived before in the city, we had gay neighbors, and a girl that I briefly dated and then maintained sort of a friends with benefits relationship with for a while had a gay best friend, mm. and he was the kind like I was drunk one night. And I was like, "Man, I, can I ask you some shit? Like, I'm just curious." <laughs> He's like, "Ask away. Like, I, I don't care." And I can say in all three instances, two of them said um, the guy in the city that I knew who was our neighbor in the apartment who was actually a, a very good friend of Josh's from forever ago. He's like, I only fuck. I don't get fucked. And I don't want to get fucked. I don't like it. I'm not into it. Huh. When I bring a guy home from Mary's down in the East Atlanta village, I'm fucking him. Yeah. It's like, all right. The dick sucking thing never came up. I'm feeling that's a different realm. But that should give, it, should give you an inkling, though. Like but there's there is the gay man that simply wants he, to fuck. Yeah, he just he doesn't want to be fucked. Yeah, he just wants to fuck. He he likes to give it to dudes. He doesn't want to get it from right. dudes. But he may still suck a dick. I don't know. And then we had some neighbors in this house, and we were friends on Facebook. And oftentimes, I would tell Chris, I was like, I'm pretty sure we're their only hetero friends on Facebook because you see yeah, other you, people's interactions yeah, in your them. news. And I would like I would see something, and then I'd read a comment or two. And I'm like. All right, well, now i got to read the rest of this because <laughs> I, I need context. And I pretty quickly got context. Like, oh, the one you didn't expect to be the top is the top all the time mm. based on everything I just read. Yeah. Um, and then my, I have, you know, what would have been my college years, girlfriend slash friends with benefits, whatever you want to call that arrangement. Mm-hmm. Her gay best friend, he, he was an <coughs> anything goes kind of gay. Yeah. Like, Three ways. I'll suck some dick. I'll get my dick sucked. I'll fuck somebody. They can fuck me. He was what she called verse or versatile. As he, that's what he referred to himself as. Hmm. As in literally the mixmare of anything goes. Well, yeah, that's what mixmare finds appealing. Right. Like you know, you you. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna wrestle, and one of us is gonna win. <laughs> in reality, we both win. <clears throat> Old schmare. Well, yeah. Based on the people I've known in person. You have your dedicated roles, and you know people are like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just into fucking in general, mm-hmm. regardless of what role I, I take in that." Mm. Going to do a political bit, piggyback off that gay sex stuff. You can go down that road, but I got to tell you, I'm so blissfully unaware of anything going on politically. If you're like, "How about that shit Nancy Pelosi pulled today?" But I have no. Clue. This is more localized, old. Uh, Governor Brian Brian Kemp. <laughs> he no si- <laughs> boom boom with the click clack. He signed that heart bill bill. Heartbeat That's bill. Weird. I didn't expect him of all governors to do that. 
And the ACLU immediately filed suit. Of course they did. Yeah. And now uh, countless amounts of taxpayer, Georgia taxpayer money is going to be wasted mm-hmm. in lawsuits. It will most likely be in violation of Roe v. Wade. It definitely is in violation Which of Roe will Wade. then, what every conservative just who's beaten off with, you know, eager, you know, pregnant anticipation of getting to overtone <laughs> Roe v. Wade, like, we'll finally get get to talk about it because we've got a strangle horde on the, on the court system now. Mm. Uh, assuming, you know, there's always, you know, based on everything I've ever seen in TV, whether it's fiction or history, there's always some Supreme Court justice that throws a curveball where you're like, fucking Scalia is going to rule in favor. And then, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, based on, you know, precedent, Roe v. Wade stands, you're like, holy shit. Like, that always happens. I feel like when I'm in this modern-day political culture of ours, I watch Game of Thrones. I know you're not caught up. Um, but it's it often feels like any... Like, it doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. I mean, pick... To be clear, I've seen 30 minutes of episode one. Okay. Well, I'm not going to ruin anything for you. But it's like... And you can... It doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. It could be any show that's kind of like a... A thriller... Suspenseful. You always feel like the arc of any story that's good is not in your favor. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. Like the good guys typically every every bad turn, every twist seems to go against them, and that leaves you wanting more. And I feel like in this Donald Trump presidency, we've just been getting at least from someone like me, I know there's plenty of people who feel like they're in fucking Shangri-La right now, a lot of people. They feel like this is the world they want to live in. I, I can understand and uh, not appreciate it because I think that's not great. But I feel like they're de- they're, I'm hoping for that twist, that one twist in the season that does go your way. Yeah. And I feel like if it had to be a Supreme Court justice, whether it's like Gorsuch, because I don't think it's going to – Kavanaugh is going to have a he, – he's got a hard-on – that's not the right word. He's got a beef <laughs> with, the, with the leftists that's going to last for as long as he's on the court. Yeah. He's not going to forget that day where he had to talk about boofing and pretend like it was some kind of drinking contest when in reality it was exactly what it was. You're still really caught up on this Louisiana thing. Well, I just don't remember the word he said because it's a word that's it's a word that's significant to Louisiana just like parish is significant to, mm. to it was a word in reference to something that a very famous Louisiana public figure. Huey Long? Maybe. The Kingfish? No, that's, it wasn't Huey Long. No? No. It was a significant Louisiana figure in the 1930s. How could that not be Huey Long? Built this word and that's what ultimately connected Louisiana to the rest of the country in a way it wasn't before. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll let, I, I, when you say big figure in 1930s Louisiana, I have a hard time believing it's not Huey Long. Because he was Huey Long. I mean, he was Louisiana. Huey P. Long? Okay. Maybe that was him. And then he was... All right. That sounds right. Huey, because you didn't say P. That's what... I remember that now. I don't need to say P. Huey Long, the kingfish. I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm working off of memory from something that fucking... Uh, the better-looking Quaid said in my ears like eight hours ago. I want to hear more from the lesser Quaid. Where's he at? They talked about him a little bit. Really? Yeah. Leah's fascinated by this new role... That she saw a preview of where Dennis Quaid is a bad guy in this new this new movie coming they out. About that. Did they? He's never really been. Uh, I don't recall a movie where Dennis Quaid's been the bad guy. 
they talked about that, and they said that, um, you know, he's kind of a heel in that movie where he plays a lawyer. I want to say it was Traffic. Uh, traffic was... Or Crashing. Crash? Crash, maybe. The one that won the Academy Award when it should have not even won a fucking IFC Award. I had such a problem with that film. Crash. Because it, it, it just it was a play. Stop looking at it. And don't worry about it. Come back to it later. You're lo- you're losing focus. Crash was terrible, and I'll tell you why. Because it pandered to this Hollywood liberal sense of can't we all just get along? It showed you the worst, like not the worst by any means, but it showed you vile racism, and then it circled back and said, yeah, but look at the story now. He was racist then, but now he sees the error of his ways, and all in under two hours. Get the fuck out of here. It was like the epitome of what's wrong yeah, no, I mean, with I can... leftist Hollywood. I don't know. It's, it's Is this the chainsaw fight? Yeah, with Buzzsaw, who's clearly wearing contact lenses. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got the yeah, weird eyes. because his eyes are mostly white. Yeah. Arnold, man, what a career. Yeah, and then governor. And now Trump beefer. He could never be president. Uh, it was because he wasn't born here, right? Yeah. yeah. Would you vote for him? Uh, I am saddened to say this before I answer. Um, because that would be even more of a joke to me, that we would come from one apprentice to yeah. the lesser apprentice who <laughs> knocks up waitresses. <laughs> I forgot about that. To the lesser apprentice who knocks up uh, Mexican house cleaners and fucking diddles countless women over the years. But yes, I would prefer someone. I would prefer someone who actually has been through hard times. Like we look at Arnold now, and we see Arnold. We see the Terminator. We see all the films. We see the Predator, the things that have made you know things that have made him famous. I still know the Ron, the, the the Ronald. I said Ronald. <laughs> I, I, Ronald Schwarzenegger. I still <laughs> my brother Ronald. Hey, I'm Ronald Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I I'm never a, worked out. I'm a little bit smaller. <laughs> but, you know, Arnold sat in his village as a, as a kid and watched Soviets march through. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, need, he, he, his love for America came from a place of, like, subjugation. Yeah, no, he, he heard the lamentations of the women. Uh, yeah, And he's yes. like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta get here. the fuck out of here. And then when I get the fuck out of here, I need to do steroids and I need to get huge. And I gotta come a lot. I gotta, I'm gonna be coming. Just everywhere I go, I'm coming. <laughs> when I'm going, I'm coming. When I, when I drive to the gym, I'm coming. When I start to work out, I'm coming. When I lift heavy weights, I'm coming. When I drive home to see my woman, I'm coming. When I get home to my woman, I am coming. When I get a hand job from the waitress <laughs> on my way home, when I stop into the deli to eat a sandwich, I'm coming. <laughs> Which, by the way, TPTO is not making up. Go watch Pumping Iron. <laughs> I th- believe it's still on Netflix. And Probably. he literally says these things. Yeah. I'm coming. He's always coming. He's always coming. What a state to live in, you know, just it's constantly con- coming. Yeah, I mean, it sounds cool, but the whole fun of coming is that it's, you don't do it all the time. Yeah. In fact, if you can abstain for a period of time. Yeah, like a, like 36 hours. That's about my mark, too. <laughs> but if you can abstain, yeah, if you can, if you can try your best to not do it for a while, the calming becomes so much more fun. I love the deviant thinking. It's like a fucking teenager when you you realize like, oh, it's been like thirty six hours. <laughs> that next that next one's gonna be big. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 
That's gross. It's true, but it's gross. It's gonna be. I, a big I, one. I will say, no, no, at this point in the pod, who fucking cares? I, I All know. of our parents are so far behind. By the time yeah. they get here, we won't care. They won't care. <laughs> they'll they'll have hurt far worse. <laughs> but I'll say, I, I was not as a young kid. I didn't like once I discovered like you as I've talked about it here. I masturbation for me came with an overwhelming sense of guilt. Yeah. So Jesus, it was like Jesus is watching. And I was, but it, you know, it didn't stop me. And then I, I would finish and be like, oh, it feels good, but I feel so bad. And then it was just like, I would go days and be like, I'm not going to do this anymore. This yeah. isn't the right. Christ doesn't want this. Yeah. And there's the real estate magazine. <laughs> here's something I've never said on the pod that's very true. Oh, boy. Uh, when I was like super into the youth group, I was a youth leader. Oh, I wow. Was, I was, there's a, uh, I'd say... Uh, 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 you don't have to kick back for the sandwich. Just give me the $20 and I'll have one more of these. <laughs> I think I owe you about 10 now. <laughs> well, you know what? Just give me the 20 and we'll work it out later. I've given you some whites in the past. That's true. Uh, there was a time I would put it at somewhere between maybe 18 and 24 months when I was hardcore into the youth group. What age? Uh, we're, we're covering 16, we'll say three years, 16 to 19 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize, Hardcore. I didn't realize you were so deep into, cause that was when I was starting to exit. So Hardcore. I'm surprised. Daily. My, it, and a lot of it had to do with my girlfriend, but daily, daily reading of scripture. I gave sermons when the youth pastor was at, I was hardcore into Holy shit balls. Talking about the laugh man learning new things. Well, you know, you got to learn the enemy playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> There's a big encouragement, at least in like evangelical youth groups, to have um, sort of small groups of guys or small groups of girls, and you were encouraged to have um, accountability partners to keep you accountable. Accountability buddies. Sure. To keep you accountable. If you struggle with, you know, we were kids, so there's not a lot to struggle with, but if you struggle with cursing, or you struggle with impure thoughts, or you struggle with masturbation, or you struggle with, I guess, smoking if you were 18... You have, it's like AA, like you have somebody you can come like, dude, I'm really thinking about beating off. So you had Christian sponsors in your youth group. Basically, there was a group of guys that got together to just sort of like, it was like an AA meeting for, you know, not looking at internet porn and jerking off. Mm. It sounds absurd now, but it was a very serious thing. And I remember asking one of the older guys in the group, who I'm still actually really good friends with, despite our uh, theological differences. Oh, he, he hung on? Oh, big time. Okay. Big time, but I still love him to death. Brandon Tarver? God, no. <laughs> I had a thought, though. Could you imagine, like, what if Brandon Tarver was cool? What do you mean, Mike? You have to preface. What's cool? Like, what if he had all the same characteristics and, and beliefs, but he was so, like, fucking Kurt Russell cool that it was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to look past the shit that I think is ridiculous that you believe in because you're just so goddamn cool. Uh, it's uh, we. It's not a hypothetical you can play with because he's I know, not. I know, but it's like fucking. Hey, Dick knows. Figure out how to be that guy, and you'll you'll convert more people. Because it's a good way, point. The way you are now is fucking irritating. It's not working. And I don't yeah. want to hang out in heaven if you're there. <laughs> <laughs> like you die, you get to the pearly gates. There's Saint Peter. He's like, okay, well, Brent, think- welcome. We have a sandwich for well, you. Is that Brandon Tarver? <laughs> Not just any sandwich. We have a Baldino's, hot Italian, every day, waiting for you. All right, well, uh, first of all, Peter, I'm a Sicilian guy. Second, that looks like Brandon Tarver, so where's hell? Hold on, real quick. Do they do they have tequila in hell? All right, show me hell. I'm 
I'm guessing there's more porn stars in hell anyway. <laughs> you'd be amazed by the amount of, and Peter says you'd be amazed by the amount of porn stars we have in here. All right, yeah, but what's the masturbation rule? Like, it's it, pretty loose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so what do I, who do I have to blow to get Brandon Tarver out of here? <laughs> I was going to do some sacrilegious shit there for a minute, but I'm going to leave that shit alone. Uh, I love that idea of, of meeting St. Peter. And you're like, all right, seriously, I'm super into the fact that I'm allowed in. Um, I just, but I got to like, who, whose dick do I have to suck to get Brandon Tarver out of here? Because I can't, I can't. I mean, eternity, eternity. Fuck, man. But anyways, so for a period of time, uh, there was this whole, like, that was always such a big focus. And in hindsight now, it seems so fucked up that there's so much abstinence talk with youth groups. I know why, but it's just like, you're asking... Well, you better be abstinent now, because if you're not, and there's a mistake made, there's no going back. <laughs> well, yeah. At least, I, at least I, until the fat I, I do wonder now. So, like, women in Georgia now that do, that do not align with conservative mind states or ideologies, whatever. They go out, they go to a bar. Mm. Let's say, what's that shitty one that everyone goes to? The opera. They go dancing one night at that shitty-ass club. They get assaulted. They get assaulted, but not, like, sexual, just a little handsy. Yeah. But they meet a nice guy who t- is like, hey, stop touching this bitch. Hey, oh, I mean, hey. I, mean, I mean, stop touching this nice lady. Hey, you weird Eastern European guys. <laughs> who run your mall kiosks. <laughs> And leave, this, and leave this beautiful woman alone. Those, those knockoff glasses aren't going to sell themselves, dickheads. And, he, and she's like, oh, my white oh, knight. I have a nail file for you to try for your fingernails. <laughs> like, oh, we're good, man. <laughs> yeah. And he goes home, saves her. They stop off at Johnny Rockets, have a burger, go back to his place. He fucking pumps a load into her. No problem. She's just drunk enough to not to, to have a condom on. No STDs. Just a nice, fun, unprotected sex night where some random stranger... Mm-hmm. Well, right off the bat, they didn't meet at church, so you're not going to get any conservative on board with your tail. What? (laughs) Take, fucking change it all if you want. I'm just simply saying, today's woman now. In Georgia. In Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi, and there's seven other states that are about to do this. My mind is blown. I thought for sure you were going to say, like, Illinois or California, but go ahead. You know, Indiana, or it might have, it was Illinois, passed the same thing, Mm -hmm. and it was struck down by a higher court, and they came out today saying, we're not going to challenge this. They're not willing to fight and spend the taxpayer dollars to enact what they honestly know is a bullshit law. Because it's Indiana. It's fine. (laughs) They're looking at Buttigieg, so they're just hoping for the best. But anyways, you know, some guy pumps a load into you. Now you wake up next morning like, shit, how much time do I have? Okay, they're telling me that the heartbeat starts at like six weeks. Like well, women I also are, can't really find out I'm pregnant until six weeks, which is really the, no, no, the you, genius catch-22 of that, this I know, and, that, and, and, these, and these women are then going to have to go to their gynecologist and have mm-hmm. one of those really invasive, painful, tra- or the vaginal uh, uh, ultrasounds. Small price to pay for committing such a horrible, horrible thing. Fan. But they're going to have to do and, But you're going to see an influx of this. Women yeah. that, that make decisions that they should be quite content to make as grown adults. Yeah. And now they're going to have to start maneuvering the healthcare system to find out as early as possible mm-hmm. if they're pregnant. So well, that they can have healthcare's free. So, what so are that we they can have, <laughs> so they can have an abortion at two two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. Because once it hits six, and it yeah. like, you've heard it before. I was when I first heard V's heartbeat mm-hmm. when we went for our first ultrasound. Yeah, I was intense. like, is she okay? Yeah. 
because it was a it's like a machine gun. I'm sorry, is my wife pregnant or is there a rabbit in her body? I was literally like, is she okay? Like, no, it's absolutely fine. The heartbeat is pretty intense. Okay, but is she gonna be born with anxiety? <laughs> can we can we give her some drugs now to like make her feel more at ease? What's she worried about? I don't get it. Oh man! No, but I mean, I'm not gonna go into it because it's fucking ridiculous. And I mean, if anything, you're just gonna see a lot more sales of the Plan B pill. And you're what also is, what exactly to, is that? It's a it's an effective day after, oops pill. It's a it's a if you did just if if you had sex last night, and the sperm met the egg, this pill is gonna squash that now. So the, the makers of that drug right now are in a meeting room just fucking... They're like... Thank, like ironically, coming in their pants. Like, thank God that this bill passed because we're going to sell a shitload of Plan B pills. <sighs> but, I mean, Kristen said this the other day. She's like, you know, fuck it. If, if something like that happens, you're just going to unfortunately have to buy a plane ticket and go to a fucking state where they still have brains in their heads. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to come down to, people. And they'll spend the money. So maybe yeah. it's like, yeah, if I was a woman that felt, because look, I had this, and I had a, a good conversation with some loved ones about this, and they weren't in a position where they were hardcore aligned against abortion, mm-hmm. but they were willing to hear what I was saying. I was simply saying, look, do I, I, my whole point is, I just don't think government should legislate a woman's body. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I don't see where, where the, the same people that tell you small government Less regulation are the ones that say, "Yeah, but not in your pussy." <laughs> yeah, not yeah. in your in your yeah, in your ovaries. That, because at six weeks, that turns into a person, and that person has rights. And that person could grow up and be a great soldier. Yeah, we're gonna and when they die. die, that's you know, which is you know, we're trying to keep the triangle folded flag market alive. Right, <laughs> those flags don't sew themselves. But that's my point. I say I don't look. I don't really so much. I'm not indifferent to the pro-life side. Mm. I'm just not. In fact, I've argued for it in a debate class, as we've discussed. But I just, as I've grown older, and I won't say wiser, because I don't think wisdom comes with age. I think that's been proven now (laughs) in 2019. But I'm just saying, there's just no place for the government to have the ability to tell, especially a government in our in our country in particular but across the world that's been male dominated yeah. for so long to tell a woman it's not it's not the man's fault who pumped that hot load into you yeah that's I, just what men I've do said this in countless episodes. the man caused the pregnancy right the, the man's w- dick did the fucking and the cum came out of the man's dick <laughs> the man like i i i've said it in the our abortion heavy episode you want to fix this issue you you pass a law that says that any unwanted pregnancy, all the woman has to do is say, he did it, and it's an automatic year in jail. <laughs> Period. They prove it with DNA. You're the father. She has to keep the baby because we've banned abortion. <laughs> but guess what? You're going to jail because it's unwanted, and she says she didn't want it. Yeah. Fuck a, End a of- week would go by. <laughs> a week would go by, and fucking Mike Pence would be in Atlanta going, we got to fix this. <laughs> Trojan sales would be through the roof. We've got to roof. fix this. Men are going to jail. I'm not on board with this. I'm fine with oppressing women and gays, but not not straight white guys. <laughs> We've got to do something about this. The uh, post for Always Sunny's fan club is already blowing up. Oh, good. But, yeah, no, I just... And, and then the, it was funny about that conversation was we were just riding to go have dinner. Yeah. It should not have been anything like that. But I kind of got my point home. It's like I'm not here to, to argue the theological 
right. perspectives. I'm not here to tell you that, of course, God wants every baby to live. I will argue that we have enough people. <laughs> we do. Well, there's there's too many yeah. people. So, something that comes up a lot in this subject is like, well, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have gone out to opera and had sex with someone you didn't know. But here's a scenario nobody ever talks about, and it's a real one. Uh, Kristen and I know a couple. They're actually, I think they're not together anymore, but they were the same age difference as us. He was 32, she was 38, and they had three boys together. Um, one of them, I guess, is now three. They're like, I don't know their ages, but we'll say three, five, and seven. They have three kids, two parents. That's enough. He went to three, if not four, doctors to ask for a vasectomy, and because of his age, he was denied at all places. They said, we won't do that with someone your age. And he was like, but I have... How old was he? 32. Huh. He's like, but I have... Well, at the time, 30. Um, he said, but I've got three kids. I don't want more. And I'm married. Well, you're too young. You might change your mind. We're not going to do it. He got turned down at all. So his option now is to have her get her tubes tied, assuming someone will let her... Much more invasive her surgery. It's also more invasive... Or they're going to have to use condoms and birth control and the rhythm method and hope that all that shit works out and they don't end up with a fourth kid. Not because they were fucking in the bathroom at opera and being irresponsible. That Two people that don't know each other. It's a married couple with three kids. Trying that, to make responsible That doesn't decisions. want to have a fourth yeah. because they can't afford it. They don't want it, etc. And the options in that are out there to permanently protect yourself from that... Like a vasectomy, like, you're too young. We're not going to do that. This ties right back into the running man. I know you're not going to believe me on this because it's not true. But that whole conversation I had, and I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but the conversation, it was just funny, the topics. That's what happens when you get into one of these good... When you get into a discussion, not a Facebook debate, mm-hmm. when you get into a discussion that all parties involved are rational, you know competent human beings who can hear someone that might say something that they won't necessarily agree with but are open to listening more to yeah. and what happens is you have that conversation and then it kind of and I'll never forget it, it morphed into I don't know how it got there from abortion to death penalty I don't think that's much of a bridge no. but I think it, it was no. kind of out there a <laughs> no, little bit the same people who were arguing to protect life are also arguing to end quickly it. to end it so I don't know if you saw John Oliver last night no and the, you know how he, he has one main bit yeah. for each show, and it was the lethal injection and how horrible this process actually is mm-hmm. and how we use it to convince ourselves that we're doing it kindly. We're just putting you to sleep. Yeah. And then we, and it just doesn't. We're it's just n- putting, you know, Drano That is your, not how veins. it works. And it's never a doctor that injects those drugs. That's one thing yeah. that people don't understand. It's not a medical doctor. Because guess what? The medical doctors can't. It wasn't like the hip, the Hippocratic Oath, didn't, and you'll see this when first you first do no harm unless you're killing an inmate. Well, they, well, <laughs> he did that. He said it wasn't like Hippocrates said, "Do no harm," and then right underneath it, well, you can do a little harm. <laughs> but it, I was, I, I kind of blew the top off, and I was like, "You under, understand that to kill a person via lethal injury, it doesn't matter to mm-hmm. to get to the death penalty. The American taxpayer spends." Enormous, enormous amounts of money, more yeah. than, than putting that person in jail for the rest of their life. The average life sentence, which is 20 years, but let's assume that it's it's max life, like 20, 
It's four consecutive life sentences without parole. That person's not getting out. The average dollar spent is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. In inflated dollars, that figure that dollar figure is about ten years old. So you can call it three hundred thousand dollars, maybe yeah. a little bit more, a little bit less. So it's three hundred thousand dollars to feed house an inmate for what basically you can call fifty to sixty years. Now. To kill someone who will always appeal, e- and it's sometimes not even there. Yeah, it's the it's the attorneys they hire. Yeah, who are often anti death penalty attorneys, mm-hmm. and even if they're not hired, to get pro bono attorneys who are often more concerned not with the actual inmate or defendant, right, but, but with challenging yeah. the, the death penalty yeah, law. The, the meter's running. Right, <laughs> they they have their own personal beef yeah. with the with the law itself. They're going to spend every single turn mm. to to overturn, to appeal, 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 to try to get stay after stay after stay after stay, and to the point where m- most, most men and women on death row do not die. Right. They spend their life in prison going through the appeals process. And what does that cost? On average, $3 million. So do you want to spend 300000 to keep someone in the ultimate hellhole. I don't care how much a prisoner tells you, I was made for prison. Yeah. No one is made for prison. You might thrive in prison because you're a piece of shit and you just become boss hog, Yeah. but it's not a place you want to be. I would rather keep someone in jail for the rest of their life in maximum security, one hour a day, outside of their cell, for 60 years. With a really horny big dick dude. And maybe he's the horny big dick dude. <laughs> But I don't give a shit. You've put yourself in a situation where every detail of your life, for the most part, yeah. is ascribed to you, right. not something you get to choose. Yeah. I would rather pay $300,000, not personally, but from the taxpayer fund, to keep that person in that hellhole than spend $3 million to walk through the entire process. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just funny. It's just it, it's just the way the world is now. Like, we don't... We're fucked. We're fucked up, man. <laughs> I mean, I know this might be the tequila talking because it's Saturday at nine nine o'clock at night. That was my desk. Oh, but th- it's just like fuck, dude. Like it doesn't. It, you nail it home right there. I know we went from like funny, haha. We have. Uh, we I have still got to finish my youth group story, but keep going. Oh uh, well, I was just say you you fucking nailed it. It's like the same people that say no, that child is God's work. We have to save that child. There's a heartbeat. There's a human. Oh, it's but all about protecting the sanctity of life. Sanctity of life. But this guy here, uh, yeah, fucking, let's just shoot him up this with some shit. Here, let's put Drano in his veins. One one inmate, and I don't remember what state Oliver was talking about, had heard and read all these horrific stories of, like, this one particular dude who they kept injecting him because it wasn't working, and the cocktails that and these drug cocktails were just not working. He was feeling every bit of pain. And it wasn't killing him. They had to inject him in his toes and his in, in the linings of his fingers, and mm. they were intravenously trying to hit him up. All this stuff. Well, one of these other death row inmates reads this because it got major press coverage, yeah. and specifically said, "I, I, I prefer the death chair. I, give me the electric chair. Yeah. I don't want to do the lethal injection. Give me, give me the death. I would rather roast with the sponge and do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, is, can I do firing squad? That and and that is how Oliver ended it." Where he was, they found this radical right wing judge who, to his credit, did say that lethal injection is a joke. In the sense that he's like, it's not what the American public thinks it is. Mm-hmm. We, we try to inoculate ourselves and, and kind of assuage ourselves of any guilt by saying that it's painless and that they go right to sleep. 
mm-hmm. and then they appear or they put the other two drugs in, which are meant to immobilize and then to create cardiac arrest. He's like, that's not how I've seen these things. This is just not how it goes. And so you feel like, even though you're right wing, right wing, that makes some sense. And then he's like, but then the lady goes like, but you've also recommended the guillotine come back. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's quick, it's effective. She's like, yeah, but really. The guillotine? Well, you know that, or we could go back to the news. It's a sharp, quick pain. Your neck breaks. <laughs> you shit yourself. You're, if you're lucky, you're done. If you're lucky, the neck breaks fast. Well, we have a guy at the bottom who yanks your feet to but make sure you snap. The death penalty is more not about what it does to the inmate. To the inmate, it's more about what it says about us. Yeah. Are we really that society that tries it? Because all it is, yes. all all it is, is revenge. Yes. All it is is revenge. Yes, we are. I know, but that's <laughs> look. I've often, and I'm not trying to be Debbie. I'm not. People. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. But I have often wondered, like, if someone did something so shitty, mm-hmm. so evil, so vile. I watched the. You should watch the new um, sidebar. The uh, Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy. I've watched seventy five percent of it. It's not great, but it's when you not. watch it, when you watch, it's not bad either. But when you watch it in conjunction with the other Netflix thing about the interviews with Ted Bundy that the guy made, we'll try that. It's I a four. Didn't, I didn't. I had to because I was like, "This movie isn't isn't great." It's told from the girl's but perspective. Can, can you give Zac Efron some credit? Oh, he's fantastic. I'm yeah, not, I'm that's not the take that's the one from him. Yeah, with the movie. play movie critic for a second. The movie's not great, but yeah. Zac Efron and this is Zac fucking Efron. I know. We watched him on Baywatch. He was great at Baywatch. He was okay in Baywatch. <laughs> no credit to him. He's great. He even kind of looks like him. Kind of. I would in a creepy way, but the movie's told from her I perspective. I would have cast Dennis. Not to be funny, because Dennis is actually a serial... <laughs> you couldn't take it seriously, though. If you're a Sonny fan, like, you'd be laughing the but, whole time. But look at Dennis, and then look at a picture of Ted Bundy. Yeah, and tell I'm, me, I'm with And you. then look at a picture of Zac Efron. You. I'm with you. The movie's told from her perspective. You almost have, like, empathy for him, because you don't see what's happening. You just kind of hear about it secondhand the way she does. We haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm impressed with his acting chops, because he's not... You know, doing High School Musical three, but I'm not impressed with the film overall. And I, so it was told to me by a clinical psychologist, my very first girlfriend, who now works in the Department of Corrections and deals with child rapists and all these terrible people. She oh, works good. with the worst of the worst. But she was like, "This is a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I watched it." And I told her, "I said I, I think it was okay. I'd give it a five out of ten. But it definitely intri- and I'd always read about Bundy, but it intrigued me." Then I went back and watched the other, because he's hot right now. I hate to say it. Hey, Bundy. Ted hot Bundy's right now. so hot right now. So hot. Interestingly enough, married with children's coming back too because of Al Bundy. <laughs> Weird crossover. <laughs> but he's coming back, and I watched. Neil's it was a five-part series, a confession. Not I don't know what it was called, but it was. It was. It, they gave this man a tape recorder and just let him go. And they weren't getting anywhere because Bundy was basically telling them the story of his life, this very, like, uh, Norman Rockwell childhood. Mm-hmm. He was lying all the time. And the guy that was interviewing just suddenly was at a bar one night drinking scotch and just had this idea, like, what if we tell him to speak in the third person? That way it absolves him of any... He can't use it in court. Mm-hmm. So that would take away any kind of wall we have between us where we think we're trying to, he thinks we're trying to get a confession. Mm-hmm. And we say, what would the killer do in this situation? And then Bundy just unloads. And you can yeah. you can hear it in the kind language. Like OJ's book. Yes, <laughs> but, but worse. Because OJ killed the one woman and yeah. Ron Goldman yeah. pretty horrifically, but not a serial killer. Mm-hmm. This 
Bundy goes on, like, he's describing the scenes of the murders he's created, mm-hmm. but he's doing so in a way he's like, if the killer, I imagine he would have grabbed her around. It, it, you can hear it. Like, you did this. Mm-hmm. But in your psychosis, whatever this is, you're, you've absolved yourself. Like, you're not even in the room. You're, right. What, whatever the entity, and that's what Bun- Bundy called it, the entity is talking now. Yeah. It's, it's, what Dexter calls the dark passenger. The dark passenger, exactly. So it's like... It's very, very interesting to watch them in tandem. But I was impressed by Efron. I'll say that if anybody's listening, I was too. I, I have no. I have no take take to nothing say away from him. the yeah. Take nothing away from the storyline. I just came away thinking, okay, Zach Efron, I expect more from you. I expect more out of Baywatch too. <laughs> Is in there already? I don't know. Uh, so finish your your uh, your story. Anyways, back to masturbation. <laughs> Let's lighten it up. <laughs> The, the, I, I alluded to it before. There, there was a lot of emphasis in the youth group put on your sexuality, your promise to stay abstinent, your promise to stay sexually pure for your future spouse, which is a fucking stupid thing to ask kids to commit to. Like, yeah, find someone, get married with zero ex- sexual experience, and expect it all to work out. The minute you, like, you know, settle down with a girl and you find out, like, she has no experience and neither do you, neither of you knows how to give oral, and it turns out, like, she's not really into it. Like, now now you're, you know, if you stick to this Christian, you know, thinking, you're committed for life and you're never going to get a blowjob. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, because I took a lot of that nonsense so seriously, I literally, and I am not lying... I'm not exaggerating. I would take a polygraph over this. I remained abstinent in the purest sense of the word for nine months and I want to say ten days. I'm leaning in for effect. I know it's not a visual medium. Are you telling me? I'm telling you. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me finish. Let me put it in very succinct terms. No, no. Let no me... fluid. No, no, no. I, no, 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 no. Right. No, no. I'm, I'm, I have a specific question. <laughs> What? And I was how old were you? When you started at seventeen. Yeah, it was during seventeen. It wasn't a full year. It was okay. Nine months and ten ish days. Nine months. Mm-hmm. Ten days. Yeah. At seventeen. Mm-hmm. No release. N- not voluntarily. That's what I was going to get to. Nothing voluntarily left my body. So nocturnal emissions or something. By yeah, I would say by month eight, you're waking up in a mess. And I felt. I felt so fucking Christian. Sorry. Christian. I felt so kind of gagged in my mouth. I right felt there. so much bullshit Christian guilt for it. I called my my uh, over a nocturnal emission. I was like, "What am I supposed to do?" And and he said, "Well, you know, uh, you know, if 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 it's okay with God for it to get out, it's going to find its own way out." Oh my god! This is why I rebel against all this stupid shit. This is why when when people come to me with anything religious, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's fucking stupid, you fucking nitwit. Like, that's how I feel about theology in general. It's like, I've I've lived it in a pure sense. Nine months and 10 days. Let me tell you this. On cave day, holy fuck. There was a thud that hit the shower floor. A thousand babies. There are there are rat human hybrids in the sewers because that shit made its way down to the depths. The thing that will eventually take over humanity will have Hickman. It's Donald Trump. Oh god. I made Donald I Trump. I made Donald Trump. There was a thud. 
Uh, there was. There was an audible thud. <laughs> it's like a fucking fireman's hose. The only time I ever came close, and I, I was just telling this story to Sean, uh, a buddy of mine is Catholic, and he wasn't really. He was Catholic in the sense that family was Catholic. I never saw them go to Mass. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I'm giving up uh, sex and masturbation for Lent. And I was like, you're full of shit. Because we were in high school, and he had a girlfriend who was fucking ugly and fat. And just, he talked about having <laughs> he sex. He like, oh, poor you. Well, no, he was like, talk, he was just fucked up. Because he was like, I'm getting laid every day after school, bro. I was like, yeah, look at her. Of course you are. I'd rather fuck a guy. You, you, I mean, this was before we even knew this was a thing. He yeah. was probably coming on her face before we even knew that was fun. He was like, porn Porn tells you, you know, come on the face. It's fun. <laughs> and it is fun. But listen, it's not. Yeah. It's like he was too young to know that. There was a, When I watched porn as a kid, that wasn't a thing. It was like a chest, a tummy. Yeah. Yeah. Inside the cream pie, <laughs> yeah. maybe in the anal. I've seen that too in the Technicolor. Whatever. Yeah. But he was doing whatever the fuck he wanted to this fat, at least just horrid woman. And he was talking. And, and he was listen. He was the guy that would too much confidence later on in life when we would go out to the bars and we were older and we could actually get into the bars without like having to fake it. Yeah. He would approach the hottest one there. I'm like, what are you doing? He just had that like. Yeah. If I approach twenty. My odds are better. Well, that's like the David Cross joke about the garbage man whistling at a woman in New York. And he's like, hey, you know, I whistle at 100 chicks. Or no, he says, hey, maybe I whistle at 99 chicks. They all say no, but maybe that 100 chick (laughs) likes to fuck on a pile of trash. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anywho, he tells me, same guy when we're young, I'd say 17, senior year. He says, I'm giving up. We played football together. He said, I'm giving up no coming. No, no ejaculation, no, no sex, no, no emissions, no, no sex, no blowjobs, no hand, no nothing from me, no like fluid. nothing. Yeah, no fluid will leave my. Body. And I looked at him and I was like, two years we've been hearing you talk about this bullshit where you're fucking some nasty old skag. I, I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe you. You're you're too you're too versed now. Like you've been doing this every day. I don't think you can control yourself. So I was like, I tell you what, put it, put money on it. And I'll join you. I'm not Catholic, but I'll join you. He's like, done. So we put 50 bucks on it. One other guy got in. He was out very early. And to his credit, he put $50 down pretty fast. Hmm. So I, I go about it. Just because you've been so accurate, I'm not going to pretend like I don't know how long I went. I knew exactly. I was at 21 days, and I was like, enough. Like, I was like, no. Yeah. And I, it, to your point, I didn't hear a thud, but I felt like I could put out a fire. <laughs> Well, I wanted to let me let me give a little bit more insight to the story. Seventeen was in the midst of my first and longest running serious girlfriend. We're talking heavy makeout sessions. <laughs> I haven't committed to not making out with my girlfriend. I've committed to not having any sort of sexual, you know, function whatsoever until marriage. That's my stupid Christian mental commitment. Again, this is why I mock all religion because when I called my you know, my spiritual advisor is like, well, you know, if God wants it to leave, it'll leave. It's like, that's, that's, that's the way these people think. That's why it's hard to take them seriously when they want to get into fucking politics. It's like, yeah, the same people that are like, well, you know, if God wants come to leave the body, it'll leave in your sleep. And by the way, we should make sure all babies are born and gays shouldn't get married. It's like, I can't take you seriously. But anyways, heavy makeout sessions, hard boners, no relief whatsoever. And let me tell you this. By the time you hit the three or four month mark, 
you were in literal physical pain. When I would go out... So the actual blue balls, I've always thought, don't yeah. exist. You're telling me they do yeah. in a four-month part. Yeah, and it's not in... It's in your balls, but it's in your waistline. Like, I was at a... I was in so much discomfort by the middle of that period when I would, like... When I would be in a seated position, I would have to... And I was really thin back then. I would have to unbutton my pants and pull the zipper down to not feel pressure in my waistline, like where your fucking intestines are. I was in so much backed up uncomfortable pain and I remember asking the same sort of youth leader dude that I was close with like I'm in a lot of pain and, and discomfort and well you know if you're in that much pain you, I suppose you could do something about it but you should pray on it it's, it's, it's so fucking stupid the way these hardcore people think and it's like and all it's like you're fu- and now at 32 like, dude you're fucking 17 jerk off <laughs> You don't think priests are jerking off? <laughs> the ones that aren't fucking kids are jerking off. And they're thinking about kids. <laughs> Easy. M&P might be listening. <laughs> but I I was very serious about it for a period of time. And I would, I would say just over nine months and ten days. And at some point, I, some fucking common sense settled into me. And I was like, this is stupid. Just to go down La La Land, and what's the longest Schmer ever went? I don't know, man. Like, I guess uh, <laughs> 17 hours? <laughs> Are we talking like 83? <laughs> that may be far. <laughs> 17, 18 hours? I don't know. I mean, in 84, <laughs> there's that time I fucked that midget bitch. Well, no, wait. But then, wait, well, does that count when they're smaller? Well, I yeah, guess a little you're bit. Com- I guess you're loads. No, no. Actually, I'm forgetting. There was a time I got that gig. I was called in to actually do the main event. They needed someone to sub in. I just happened to be in Charlotte that night. And as it happens, but I'm I tore both. Self-play. I tore both groins <laughs> trying to do a move that I had uh, ill prepared to make, and uh, tore both both groins. And I think that time I went thirty six hours. Real bitch of it is Rodney Tahoe <laughs> knew I was trying to hit straight and narrow. That motherfucker on day three jerks me off of my seat. <laughs> Hey, he probably got women with. Hey, come on in. We're gonna jerk. We're gonna jerk old Mick off. He's trying to go straight in there. Here I am. Here I'm thinking. Oh fuck! I had a nocturnal shit. <laughs> car mission, whatever that shit is. <laughs> the next thing I know, there's a VHS tape in the mail. <laughs> goddamn Ronnie Tahoe with my dick in his hand, <laughs> laughing his ass off. Just Ronnie Tahoe. It wasn't gay. We were just pulling a prank. Yeah, he's trying to make himself better. I said, fuck that. <laughs> he's smoking. He told me he quit smoking, but during the video, he's got a cigarette going the whole time. That motherfucker uh. ashed in my penis. <laughs> Which is, coincidentally, now I understand why there was cigarette ash in my pubes when I woke up. I was passed out hard, man. But, I mean, I gave up. Jerking off, but the, between the blow and the whiskey and the fucking that fat bitch that was riding my face earlier, quaaludes. There's Ronnie Tom. That's good for the doc. We'd have to be like suspect about how we present it, but that would be good. Just Ronnie Tom, just looking. Girls, film this now. He's about to come. I can feel it. You can see his balls are twitching. I mean, they're ready to go. And then as he's... Run it, Chaho! 
<laughs> and what if I stop? What if I stop short? You think he'll have blue balls in his sleep? <laughs> Pulls back. Redneck king of the redneck. <laughs> and it's like a fucking fire hose. <laughs> Holy shit, Nick, it's only been 36 hours. I think it's been 10 goddamn years. He fucking purposely aims it near his face. <laughs> he turns it up for sure. He ain't gonna have that. That's when Shmare wakes a, up. He gets a little bit on the on the web between his thumb and finger and he just kind of wipes it on his chin. There's a Shmare for you, Shmare. <laughs> You cut back to Mick Schmier during the documentary, and he just has no words. <laughs> He's just sitting there. We show him the footage for the first time. Oh. I was so proud of myself because I thought I win a voluntary 36 hours. <laughs> Listen, man, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't freaked about being jerked off by no guy. That's happened plenty of times. <laughs> the venue was fucking Rodney motherfucking Tom. <laughs> And he got three gorgeous Asian broads. <laughs> he could have chosen any one any of them. Any one of them with their tiny, beautiful hands. <laughs> could have grabbed onto little Schmare. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'll do it. <laughs> what was the thing we talked about last week? We called the outdoor man, the outside man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, Matt and Perth said that much like Ric Flair is the nature boy, Mick Schmare needs to be something. I said, I don't know. I was thinking like outside man. <laughs> Well, then as I was walking out the door, you brought back in the thing I love the most. Star Was it uh, Starlight? No. Mick Starlight? <laughs> I was thinking, like, yeah, Mr. Starlight? Mr. Starlight. <laughs> Mick, let Starlight go. <laughs> it um, doesn't work, Mick. It no, doesn't. I mean, Mick Starlight, that was my name when I got started. You know, that's, how I, that's how I got famous. Mick Starlight. Mick, you never got famous. <laughs> I imagine he had those, the long leotards. He, he never wore, I don't think Mick ever wore... Like the short underwear-looking right. wrestling trucks. He always had the long leotard pants with the yeah. boots. And when he was mixed Starlight, he just went, he went to like Michaels. He never got it professionally done. He just went to Michaels and had them glued on. Yeah. So they were constantly falling off. Yeah. No, that was back. That was back when I was thinking about doing the luchador mask. <laughs> but the Mexican dudes, they weren't too cool. With <laughs> so I, you know, I, I did the I did the Zorro mask for a little while, but that <laughs> shit don't stay on. <laughs> We gotta start writing. We have to start writing. <laughs> if we don't start soon, we're gonna have to really sift through a lot of audio to find all the nuggets of fun. I, and that'll be fun. I, I will have to say, and we've discussed this, that that might mean, and I don't mean to hurt feelings, that we might have to take a mildly, not extended break, but we might have to take a break from the pod. Yeah, there might be some podcast nights that we. Maybe we record, maybe we record like. We just one hour set. We like sit down, and we do five one hour. Like on a Saturday, I'll come out to your house. Yeah. We sit there for five hours, just bullshit, break it down into an hour. Yeah. And that's that's what we can give you for five weeks while we work. Yeah. Like, and I mean work, because it's gonna be work. Having well, I was thinking. I mean, I don't know when Schmear got in in uh, injected into the show, but let's say it was episode fifty eight. We're on sixty two. That's that's. Four episodes. It was before that. All right, well, let's call it 55. That's that's how many episodes that we have to now comb through to find all the good smear nuggets. Then we got to go through all the texts all the way back to when I, like, because I've already forgotten what I named his ferrets, and I know I gave them very specific names. <laughs> and I also know I gave his dog a very significant, significant name. We're going to go through back through all that, write it down, catalog it. Did Smear say this? Did Tahoe say this? Um, and the sooner we start, the better, because with every new episode we record, 
We're because I live as I live now as I'm. I'm. It's like if I was making a document. It's like there's two documentaries. Uh, my documentary, Yearning for Mick Schmear. It's like the the one fan of his. I'm still sticking with Schmeared. Yeah, Schmeared, Schmeared. I'm, I'm just saying, like, this would be a different documentary where it's like, I'm the one fan. I'm the guy that goes to every wrestling con, every fucking comic con. In the same faded t-shirt. In the same faded fucking t-shirt. now it's medium It's gray. like something I bought in New Mexico in 1985 when Schmeer was, quote, on the rise, even though there was no rise. But it's like that... Is me now. I live as if I'm looking for Schmer at every corner. I see Schmer at a Wendy's. I see Schmer when I go to walk the dog at Home Depot and buy lamps. I see Schmer everywhere. So I'm just trying to. We're gonna have to work on it. I think that the input and thank you again because we have had input. Yeah. I think other people are getting it. I think. I think. And Burke told us this is Brian Bosworth sunglasses. (laughs) The Schmer because yeah, you can find those. I was thinking they look cool, like Captain Ron. You know, Kurt. you know I'm a Kurt Russell guy. <laughs> Captain Ron has got to be... Except for that fucking bone tomahawk. Fuck you, Rodney Tahoe. God. I mean, it goes like Captain Ron, then Tombstone, <laughs> then Breakdown. Those are my top three. In that order. Martin Short, well, Kurt Russell. Anywho, <laughs> let's wrap it up there because we did have to have a short night. We're already a little bit longer than I wanted to be. So, WFUCK! The Bam! 97.5! Coming up next, we got traffic and weather. From Skip Madaver! Sports with Skip Madaver. We've got that no cheese loving report. Sean! Coming up next, we've got Bruiserberg's uh, wearing pink and lacy. Pink and lacy! Well, let's hope uh, he's not on the rag soon. He's going to be in that faded black Batman fair. And coming up tonight for music, we're going to start with a little hit from Jewel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>